And that's it. We're back with another episode of Life with Josh and Amir. Yeah, Allison Kostasak. You got it? Today we had on Allison Kostasak, and we talked about all kinds of really random stuff. But which, what's important to note is that she's looking at a future in politics right now. Yeah, she had an internship at the Capitol. She's currently pursuing a political science degree at Sacramento State. Um, and he's like, and, you know, she's doing some other things, too. <laughs> Great conversation, great person, great to talk to. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, oh, this episode podcast: philosophy, politics, art, music, morality, morality philosophy, philosophy, religion, art, aliens, morality, conspiracy. Okay, well, that's it right there. We used to have to do this thing where we would have to get the room noise, and so he'd do like a little countdown with his fingers. Oh. Yeah. And so ever since then, now we're, we're having to try to get used to just starting like immediately. It's like, oh, we just hit the button, and now, <laughs> now we're going. recording. Exactly. Awkward intro out of the way. How are you? Welcome. Hi. I'm great. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, how you doing, Allison? Pretty good. Yeah? Pretty good. Is dinner good? Oh, yeah, good? no, it was really good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. For everybody listening, we just finished having dinner. Amir's mom makes some of the best cooking. And so she made us some curry with rice and non bread. <laughs> Perfect. For sure. Shout and out delicious. to Amir's mom. Exactly. Shout out, mom. Love you, mom. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there we go. Fun fact my mom and I have the same birthday. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I, t- I was joking with her. I'm like, I was your painful birthday gift. And it's funny because we're the same goddamn person. Our mannerisms are the same. When my mom made a comment on the TV, I don't know if you guys caught, I said the same thing she did. I just said fuck instead of hell, but. Ah, I got you. Yeah. Makes sense. Field she went into, I'm going into. Yeah, it's funny because you were just telling me that there was like an opposite thing that kind of happened with the two of you, right? So we're both political science majors. And then, so you said you wanted to be a lawyer. Why don't you want to be a lawyer? Basically, I just don't want to be a lawyer anymore because I interned at the Capitol and I was like, wow. I was like, I really don't need to go to law school and go into trifling debt and stress myself out for three more years to like try and make a change. And for me, it was flipped. I was like, I I had, in, or not intern, I had a job uh, working on a campaign and just from taking my political science classes. So I was like, you know, this world just isn't for me. But I also, but I, let me rephrase that. Going directly into politics was like something I was like, it kind of turned me off, but going, using that knowledge and then going into law school and then using that as an attorney for people who are disadvantaged, whatever it may be, and helping people on a day-to-day basis, that's something that I was like, ah, yes, this is what I want to do. So, I mean, I have long-term goals, but we'll see what happens. I don't know. Like, I have the idea of owning, or uh, owning, wrong word, um starting my own law firm one day but wow i'll be old it'll be old old maybe not as old as you think no i have that goal set and be like by the time i'm 35 i want to do this and i'm like well that's like how long what that's 15 16 years away and i'm like we'll see what happens that's one thing i like to say a lot is like life is short but it's not as short as you think it is it's actually pretty long if you start thinking about it yeah because you're alive you finish high school when you're like 18 or 19. 
if you even if you don't go to college, you basically lived like twenty years of your life already, and then you get another twenty after that, and then you get another twenty, and then you'll probably get another twenty, and if you're really lucky, you'll probably get another twenty also. People are just like living forever now, like yeah. I know life expectancy rates have gone up so much. Like I know people are like that's a great thing, but at the same time, it kind of sucks. <laughs> you know what's funny? <laughs> so social security, yeah. our generation isn't gonna have it because. Uh, it's gonna because we're living too long. Because the last generation is gonna damn be long. the last like, generation is gonna be too busy with it still. Well, they'll yeah. still so they're gonna eat up all the social security, and we're all gonna be. So then, that's one of the things people are gonna have to work longer. Nobody wants to work an eight to five longer than they have to. Yeah, like true. I calculated the hours in a day once so that it spent me to like commute to work, from work, and working, and I was like, wow, there are only like four hours in the day when you like schedule out your sleep. That you really get to yourself. I was like, how do people have a family? How do right. they have a life? I was like, this is so depressing. I was <laughs> like, this is all a sham. We haven't had like another, um, you know, uh, oh my gosh, like we haven't like changed our work day since we like changed it from the eleven hour and twelve hour days, right? In, like right. the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Well, the other thing, labor laws started to become a thing in the eighteen nineties. Yeah, I think the other thing you have to realize too is that. Like the way – this is something I always think about, especially in cities. So, if I go to Sacramento or whenever I'm in LA, I'm in LA a lot, honestly. And so, every time I go there, I look at the skyscrapers and I think about how many people are just in offices in those skyscrapers. And it always reminds me of how like unnatural that is, you know? Right. It's – being in an office setting all day like really kills your spirit. Mm-hmm. Like I worked full-time this summer. Not that like I don't value working hard or anything. But you just feel exhausted after it. Like, no. if you just sit at your computer all day in a gray room with, right. like, gray things, you're going to be tired at the end of it. <laughs> it's just not, like, an ideal environment for, yeah, like, no, a human, for sure. I don't think. That's one of the things where – there was another thing that attracted – like, was attracting me about being uh, an attorney is they have a lot more control of their time. I mean, it generally, when you – and that's one of the cool things about going into different things in the political field is you can have – more control over time. So my mom's a lobbyist. She has more control over time. She works from home almost all the time. She doesn't. No, she does work from home. Wow. And I mean, obviously not everything. If you work for a politician, you have a nine to five job. You have a full time job. Yeah, but I mean, it's still like a little different for yeah. me at least when I was like interning at the Capitol because I was like, okay, maybe I can do this whole like nine to five thing because it just goes by so fast Mm -hmm. because there's like always stuff to do or like meetings and like you can step out for coffee and Mm -hmm. it's not as regulated as like a state job where they're like, your break is at 12 to 12.15. And if you don't want that break, you have to get it approved by your supervisor for sure. I mean, obviously, obviously Mm -hmm. there's like some rules still. Of course. Like offices are like, oh, like don't take it right now. We're having a staff meeting or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. So, right. I was. Gonna say, what do you enjoy about being in the political field? I think the thing that I enjoy the most, or the top few things, would be just how social the political field is. Oh, sure. And that, like, you're like always socializing, meeting new people. Mm-hmm. So it definitely makes the day go by faster, and it makes it more enjoyable. And then mm-hmm. I would say the other thing is like just the opportunity to give a voice to underrepresented communities. Yeah. And, like, just communities where people aren't typically listened to. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Yeah. Would you say that you're more of, like, an extrovert then? 
Yeah, I'm definitely more of an extrovert. Like, I don't need that much time to myself or alone mm-hmm. to, like, recharge. For sure. I got you. Yeah, no, I definitely, that was one of the cool things when I uh, worked on the campaign. The first thing that I saw was my boss and then the campaign manager making fun of each other and, like, cussing at each other. And I was like, mm-hmm. what the hell? The first thing, like, I hadn't interacted with at all. And then it, it was so funny. I was like, ah, so this is the type of field this is. And I remember coming home and telling my dad, I was like, yeah, you know, they cuss a lot. Like, I, I thought I cussed a lot, but no, like, these dudes cuss a lot. And my dad was like, you're surprised by that? And I was like, I'm not married to a politician. I don't know. Yeah. But it was funny. It's, but then it was, there was also that sense of with the people that I worked with. It was that community, right? It was cool to talk to them and build those relationships. Great people. I should reach out to one of them. Anyways, yeah, no, they're great people. But yeah, one hundred percent, absolutely. <laughs> we all took a sip of our water. I know. Long time, all of us. That's okay. Oh. It's okay. These wonderful little things happen. <laughs> I created so, a shame reaction. Exactly. I saw you drinking the water, and, and then, then I, I was drank like, it, and it was. You know what? It's okay. Be hydrated. Exactly. It is important to be. Right? It is important to be hydrated. That's. Ex- that's so, important. out of the political science classes that I've taken, I definitely know that, like, I find foreign policy and stuff more interesting. What did you like more while you were in college? Um, I think I definitely lean more towards domestic policy. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, it's so much more tangible and with foreign policy. Oh, for sure. I feel like you still have to, like, go super, like, specialize in it. Yeah, yeah. And, like, focus on, like, one area. And I just don't know if... Maybe I wasn't offered the curriculum in those areas to really, like, explore interest in other areas. But I think I was just most interested in domestic just because it's, like, I live in the U.S. And no, for things, sure. And like, 100% affecting me. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I find foreign policy really interesting. And I think it's important to know about it. And it's especially, like, with what's happening with Iran right now. Yeah. It's, like, I want to know about foreign policy and, like, to be able to make sense of things like, like that. understanding your place in like a larger world right larger yeah. world but too. you are right domestic policy is the stuff that affects us directly but i mean i think on the other hand what is so interesting when analyzing issues is like realizing that we're coming from like a western standpoint yeah instead of like the global south or mm-hmm. somewhere else and i didn't think that i would actually be good at like international relations or like mm-hmm. theory classes but those are actually the classes i did probably like the best in yeah like, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm like, taking a... <laughs> I'm taking a political theory class next semester. Oh, really? And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but one of the things that I thought was super interesting was those, like you just mentioned, the global north and south relations and things like that and how the... It's so fucked up when you learn about all that shit, like the, how the global north exploits the global south and things like that. <laughs> and so when I learned about stuff like that, that's kind of what piqued my interest in uh, foreign policy because I was like, well, that's messed up. Why are we doing this? But then it's also like, yeah, but let's be real. How is that going to change? If that's going to change. Yeah, I mean, that's really tough to say. And after taking that whole IR theory class and getting an A, thank you, Professor <laughs> Um I think it's just interesting to analyze all the different concepts and mm-hmm. looking at all these, like, people that, you know, this is off track, but looking no, at all good. these people that go on, like, mission trips to other countries, spreading the word of God. And, like, these people need, like, actual, like, tangible yeah, things. No, I like, agree. dental care, health care, <laughs> education. You know, I'm there with you. That's, <laughs> that's one of those things where I'm like, hey, you know, 
your belief system, I don't have a problem with belief system, whatever yeah. it may be. But, like, my thing is when part of it, this is the opinionated side of me, is it's like, I'm sorry, Western society isn't superior yeah. to other societies. And when you go in with a Western religion and be like, hey, this is what's going to make you better. And it's like, I and you go and introduce like, it and nothing changes. I feel like it's helpful when you're trying to give someone like something to believe in if they have nothing. Of course. But it's not really helpful if you're sending in like unskilled labor. No, I agree. And like these people that like come and take pictures with these kids. And then right. these kids are like, where did the white people go? Right. Because <laughs> I actually read an article a few years back. Um. I have no idea what article anymore, but it was, like, really interesting because some governments in other countries will, like, keep certain areas poor because mm-hmm. more mission trips will go there mm. if they keep That's it poor. Weird. Yeah. I mean, I think that the good comes out of them. I know my aunt, my aunt's not even Christian. She's sick. Seek, seek. Um, and she, she, but she, she had a friend that was, so she went with them and she didn't, like, associate with, like, the religious aspect of it, but she went because... They were building houses for people, and so they were actually, it was a tangible thing. So I think stuff like that is cool, and I think I had a friend that went on a missions trip, and they tried to do things like that, and I mean, the stuff that he was saying that they did was like, they were helping people get out of sex trafficking. Oh, wow. So, like, I can see, like, okay, like, I can respect that. It's just when all it is, is like, here's the word of God, and it's like, okay, yeah. look, there's, there's good that comes from religion, and having that faith in something is good but at the same time what do these people actually need like you said school health care mm-hmm. dental care all those things or it's like the money that you spend on a mission trip like two thousand or whatever to africa that could right. like fund like i think like 20 girls education in africa right with all of that um like no shame on mission trips or anything if that's like what people enjoy doing no for sure it's just Interesting. I think the general idea, just their perspective, is more that this is our, this is how we help these people, you know, right. because they're coming like from the religious perspective, they're coming from this idea of like we need to share God with everyone and we need people yeah. to like meet Jesus so that they can truly be saved, you know, like after they die and things like that. And so they're less concerned with like, oh, let's make their lives better and more concerned with like, let's give these people something right. that will carry them further than like if we just like fed them. It definitely doesn't come out of a bad place. I'm, I yeah. don't think that's Certainly, of course. It, but I mean, lots of things that, you know, might you know, arguably not be the best things usually aren't coming out of a bad place. I mean, you can just look at... um you know, differences in political views and the amount of political strife that there is in our country today. You know, there are a lot of different views and ideas and ways of looking at things. And no matter what the view is that somebody holds, they're not necessarily coming from a bad place. Yeah, I, there's definitely views that are, but I don't think most are. Like, obviously, you know, if you're a neo-Nazi, I'm not sure how many of your <laughs> ideas are coming from a good place. But I won't say, like, so, okay, so I'm on the left. I mean, I would be probably, I don't know, moderate left liberal whatever but i don't think that someone who's conservative is coming from a bad place in their ideology they just it's interesting because when you look at conservatism and liberalism neither at their core are bad but both kind of require each other to like for the other to exist you know what i mean it's like if liberals ruled the country i i would be like someone's gonna come and invade us and we're screwed 
But if conservatives ruled everything, then I'd be there like, would be like oppression and inequality. There'd be extreme inequality, but we'd be yeah. safe. Yeah, but there'd but be a lot be of lot inequality. Yeah. Things like that. Sure. And that's like theory shit, but I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. Theory is always like one of those hard ones where you have to like take a minute, reflect. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I definitely agree in like a balancing system. Mm-hmm. Like there's good and evil. There's right. good and good too. Right. Um, I don't think conservatives are bad necessarily. Um, sure. For me, I would say like I'm a pretty like left-leaning liberal. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't think conservatives are bad. I think our views are just different. For sure. And if we can just like, you know, stop arguing for a second, we can get to like the root of why they're actually different and like... And how do we compromise? Yeah. So... What do you think about, like, okay, so who do you like in the candidate field right now? So right now, um, I'm actually going for Bernie Sanders. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I respect that. I I respect where he comes from, and I think a lot of his ideas aren't bad. But, I mean, like I said, I don't consider myself a progressive or even really, I mean, 10 years ago I'd be considered a liberal. Today, California, I'm a moderate dem. I'm a moderate left, yeah. so I don't completely buy into Biden. I like Tulsi Gabbard quite a bit, um, and a lot of people don't. I mean, she's been she's definitely been sweeping the field. I oh yeah, Kamala Harris. There's a direct uh, and what is it? Correlation doesn't equal causation, but there is a correlation between the first debate where Tulsi Gabbard was like, "Well, you were laughing about smoking marijuana, but this is how many people you've put in jail for smoking marijuana. This is how many." And then she was like, "You also laughed about." putting single mothers and sending them to jail because their kids couldn't because their kids were churning and yeah i was like damn and then um kamala harris dropped out a few months later because her ratings from then on kept going down i know people who like hillary clinton aren't fans of tulsi Gabbard. why is that well tulsi well sorry hillary clinton said that uh, she thinks the russians are grooming her to become a, a third party candidate and they called her she called her a russian asset so, I, 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 don't know, I don't know how you come to that conclusion, honestly. I not hear about that. <laughs> so I follow all this shit know. super I close, so I thought, I, I don't know, but... How do you get well, to okay, that? Okay, I will say, like, she went and talked to, you know who Assad is? Yeah. He was the, he's the leader of Syria. Okay, so he's one of the people that uh, Soleimani worked with, right? Mm-hmm. She went and talked to Assad because, I mean, we were at war with Syria, so she was trying to, like, well, how can we... And this violence, because she's a veteran. We're like friends yeah. with Syria now, though, aren't we? Uh, I wouldn't say that. We were fighting ISIS, and so for that, we, we kind of like had sided to... with them. Well, right, because who are we going to side with, the Syrian government or ISIS? No shit. Yeah. But I don't know. It, she gets a lot of shit because she did that like behind Obama's back, which I get because it's kind of like, eh, but at the same time, I respect where she's coming from. And she's also a veteran, so I think in terms of when we're talking about foreign policy and shit like that, I'm like... I think she makes some good points, but yeah. I don't know. Bernie's, I think Bernie's smart. I think he makes good points. I just don't know that I buy in all of the ideas. I think I agree yeah. with his goals. I don't agree with the way he wants to do them, though. You know what I mean? Well, whenever, like, I look into anything, because honestly, if I, I'm being 100% honest, I have not watched, like, the last couple of debates. I haven't. <laughs> just because we haven't, like, really gotten down into, like, where they talk about issues fully and it's still like more attacks on people right. in it's, general ideas. I don't ever think they're going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, they will. Once yeah. the, it shrinks once down, it, the yeah. primaries, 
once it gets down to there and then we start to get like more and more people drop out of the race and it's smaller groups, they'll start actually talking about policies. Especially uh, once it's between Trump and whoever the candidate is. It's going to be a lot of rhetoric between... I think at that point it doesn't even matter anymore, though. I think by the time you get down to the last two candidates... You know who you're voting for. It's exactly... It's already locked in. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, but... Not entirely. Yeah. Well, Hillary Clinton was projected to win based on the polls, and that clearly didn't happen. Yeah, how were the polls conducted? (sighs) So... Yeah. Political science method. Um... Sometimes they're kind of BS. Yeah. A lot of the times, here's the problem with polls. It, okay, let's say, I don't know, let's say CNN takes a poll. Okay. Mm-hmm. The people who are more likely to vote on that poll are going to be left-leaning people. If yeah. you, if Fox News does a poll, it's more likely to be right-wing, right-leaning people. Mm-hmm. That are gonna, it just, it, it depends on like how the data is collected, where they're collecting the data. If you survey a bunch of middle-class white people, you're not going to get that much diverse answers versus if you do it in a city, you can probably, you can most likely assume you're going to get more left. leaning. The best way to conduct a survey is to actually survey somewhere rural. Let's do it somewhere in the city, but oftentimes that's not what happens. Well, you know, one of the, sorry, one of the things that was a huge problem with the last debate was, um, it was simply just a lack of reporting, a lack of accurate reporting, especially because, um, you know, Hillary was struggling to get like three, 5,000 people into her rallies and Trump was busting out like 10, 15, like not even trying. And nobody wanted to report on that. Everybody thought, all the journalists thought that they were doing their allegiance good by basically hiding the fact that they were losing. Well, you know, it's funny. They actually... So, they reported on Trump quite a bit. They reported on him quite a bit. Like, CNN, he was always on CNN. He was always on MSNBC. So, the people that don't like him and didn't agree with him were kind of the reason he got so big. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, hey. I mean, if you don't... I don't see his speeches and stuff anymore on CNN. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any. I haven't seen a few, but... not as. I mean, he was on every single day. Yeah, I feel like... The approach most people were going is like they're trying to fuel people with like outrage, like so much outrage that they would have to like go out and vote against Trump. But within right. that, they kind of like gave him this like platform to use this outrage to his advantage. He, right, he used all that, to, which was smart. I will say, like, I mean, the guy totally. He people voted for him a lot because he was like, oh, he wasn't. He was a new voice in Washington. He's not the politician. Who's the novel is. candidate? I could say that. Huh? Trump. What about him? What'd you think? He's novel. Novel? Yeah, that's part of why he's so popular. What do you mean novel? He's novel candidate. He's out of the ordinary. He's different. But it's funny because he really Absurd. isn't that different. He's the same as every other corrupt politician in Washington. He just says whatever is on his mind. Right. <laughs> he is a lot more blunt than most politicians. I will say that. Oh, well, yeah. That's what's different he's about him. very straightforward. I will give him that. Like, I don't... I'm not the biggest fan, but <laughs> I will say, like, give credit where credit's due. He knows how to rile people up, and he knows how to get people to vote for him and how to rile up his base. And that's something yeah. the Democrats are struggling to do right now. I mean, well, the I Democratic Party is well, part. It's so divided. It's part of the problem. Do you think the left is divided? I feel like there is some division in the left just between, like, I don't even really know, like, I think we're having trouble, like, capturing, like, the one focal voice of the Democratic Party. Just because there's, like, so many different ideas going on right now. 
Right. That we're trying to, like, pick up. Because, obviously, in 2016, like, we lost a lot of, like, the middle-class white voters yeah. that have, like, traditionally been Democrats mm-hmm. for a while. Because we were so focused on, you know, minorities and women. Right. Which is, like, totally, totally fine by me. Right. <laughs> because they're an important vote. But it's, like, we're having, like, so much division trying to, like, capture all of the vote when we should just be, like, centralizing the message more. I agree with you. I think the problem that the Democratic Party has, or yeah, has, is, I mean, they're they're all attacking each other because so Bernie's ideas, right? Take medic um, health care. Yeah. He believes in Medicare for all. Most people in the country don't, but a lot of the moderates, even in the Democratic Party, like Pete Buttigieg, is like, yeah, no, he doesn't buy into it. Obviously, Joe Biden doesn't. Amy Klobuchar. Okay, I'm not a Pete fan. I just have to say, really? I've never been a Pete fan. Really? <laughs> yeah. What don't you like about him? I don't know. It's just like he just like didn't feel genuine to me. Like mm. something as small as that, and then just when um I think it was the was it the shooting or like police brutality that happened in the town that he's like the mm. mayor of, and he went back home, and I was just listening to the NPR podcast and it talked about like how poorly he handled it. Yeah, and how uh, he like talked to like all the press first instead of like the people that actually mattered. And stuff, and I was like, wow, I was like, I don't think this guy is, like, ready for, like, the big stage. I will say, to jump from mayor to president. Like, not even, like, mayor of, like, a a larger town. It's not like the mayor of Los Angeles or San Francisco, right? It's the mayor of this small town in Indiana. I I like his policies. I don't, I haven't followed anything like that. But I like, like, in terms of policy, I think, like, his view on healthcare and education, I, I agree with. His view on um, marijuana, I agree. He thinks it should be legal. I, but I take a more moderate standpoint. So that's just like, so Bernie, right? Yeah. His goals, everyone should have health care. I agree with that. I just don't think we should have, do Medicare for all, where it's like all government-based health care. But I agree yeah. with his goal. Everyone should have health care. I just believe in a mixed economy of privatized and public health care. But I get where he's coming from and I respect it. Yeah, I think my whole thing with ever, like, looking at, like, presidential candidates and, like, whoever is the president Mm -hmm. is, like, there's always, like, a check and balance system. For sure. Like, they're not going to get everything they want, and, like, they aren't the ones actually, like, drafting the bills. Yeah, that's true. So, so, like, that's why, like, I just don't take what policies they want as seriously and, like, seeing how long it takes, like, these policies to actually come into effect. So I'm like, it's just nice to like hear these ideas get off the ground, knowing that they could be changed at least. For sure, I think I said this before, and I don't even mean that. Like, so I'm a Democrat, but I, if Bernie got elected, uh, for the sake of balance, I would want either the Senate or the House to be Republican. But if Trump got reelected, I damn sure hope that the House stays blue. Yeah. Because there needs to be balance. Yeah. I have a question. So, what changed your mind about politics? Because, obviously, when you started getting into law, you, you decided, like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. What made you sure that you, what, yeah, what made you sure that you wanted to do politics? Um, wow. Gotta think back with the years, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what made me, like, sure, sure was just how at home I felt when I was in the Capitol mm-hmm. and, like, even if I had, like, only been there, like, two weeks, I was, like, 
I'm pretty sure this is where, like, I'm supposed to be. Like, mm-hmm. I can, like, feel it. And then it wasn't until, like, later in the semester because the internship program I did, we had, like, a Thursday night classes in California politics. And instead of class, we went to, like, a little forum with um, the chancellor from Davis, Gary May. Mm-hmm. And th- combined with us was one of the grad classes from Sac State. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, like, was a grad class on like um, urbanization or mm-hmm. gentrification i'm not too sure but we were like sitting there and usually like i never have much to say in class like i i'm very much i'll soak it in and i'll mm-hmm. think of everything like five hours later mm-hmm. uh, but we were just listening to chancellor gary may talk about how he's building like or how davis is building a satellite campus called aggie square on the corners of oak park basically and how we were already seeing a lot of gentrification and displacement in Oak Park. For sure. And just like a little light went off inside me. It was like that. Where I was just like asking question after question. I was like, how do you plan to do community engagement? How do you plan to like grow trust within the community? Are you offering these programs for free? Mm -hmm. People in the community, are you going to give them jobs? Like how do you plan to help curb the displacement and gentrification that this community is going to face? Mm -hmm. And stuff, and I was like, Holy shit. I, was like, I didn't even know where that came from. Where do you think that did come from? Where do you think you got that into that mindset to be able to ask those questions and to think of those things? I think I just finally realized that I had a voice in the room. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think before I had always just been like, oh, like I don't have a voice. Like I don't know how to get involved. I don't know how to do this yeah. or that. Because mm-hmm. even like back, in high school at like CO when I applied for like the Luigi school project um, internship my junior year like my boyfriend at the time was like do you even know anything about politics and I was like well sir <laughs> well I know a little bit about something right, <laughs> right. Stuff, like I have a little interest and I think ever since like that moment I was like I'm gonna get a voice in the room that's good yeah why do you think you ended up in that mentality in the first place though of thinking that just because you didn't know something about something that you couldn't do it um i wait rephrase the question (laughs) Uh, so like so like why do you think it was that you had never considered that like oh i can actually speak up or i actually do have a voice why do you think it was that you felt like you didn't have a voice yeah um i think just a large part of that was just like coming from my background, I mean, my parents, like, never shoved their beliefs down my throat or anything. Yeah. And, I mean, they definitely listened to me, but I think just in other settings, like, it was always, like, oh, like, you you look like you wouldn't know about this. Like, you're young, and you're a girl, and you look so innocent, like, you just want to play with, like, Barbies and stuff, but you don't even know <sighs> about this. And, like, I'm realizing this as I become older mm-hmm. and stuff, because still to this day, like... You know, people just judge off the way I look. Like, they're like, oh, like, you look so cute and tiny <laughs> and innocent. Oh, my gosh. Like, what would Allison ever do? Right. And stuff like that. And, like, the way I talk or, like, I get a lot of questions that are like, oh, like, how old are you? Do you know? Or, like, stuff I say, say like, gets discounted mm-hmm. a little bit or gets, like, my favorite questions is, what are you? What do you mean? What am I? <laughs> I'm a human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, 
is it really going to change if I tell you, like, what race and ethnicity I am because I'm right. so white passing anyways? Right. Right. So you think a lot of it just had to do with the perception of others and kind of the way other people viewed you and in turn that's going to affect obviously how they treat you. And so if they're treating you like, oh, you must be stupid or you must not know anything about X, Y, Z or if they come in uh, having preconceived notions about what someone who looks like you maybe is like, that that all, those were all just factors that contributed to that. Yeah, pretty much. Just because generally speaking, like, I am a soft-spoken person, but a lot of that just comes from, like, the literal tone of my voice that I cannot change. (laughs) And it's just, like, I kind of just got fed up with it or, like, stuff that I would say. He'd be like, oh, don't say that. Like, that's dumb. And I'd be like, it was a joke. Right. I I was joking. I'm not actually dumb. Right. (laughs) Like... Not for sure. It's funny. I noticed in my, my teacher pointed this out in my political science class last semester, we were talking about different issues and we were kind of debating different ideas. It was only men talking in the room. Yeah. And, and my, my teacher pointed that out. He was like, why aren't any of the girls speaking? Why aren't any of the boys like, talk? And it was funny because like, then he just, he just was like, no, no, no. Yeah. You guys talk. So I, I think it's, it's funny because like you think, oh, in liberal California, it would be, it's not, it's not much different. Usually it's still the men talking. Yeah, I think oftentimes, like, even, like, academic spaces, like, in such, like, a male-heavy area, too, like, as political science is in mm-hmm. a lot of my classes, um, the women, like, still don't talk. Like, now, like, I try to make it a point to talk. For sure. And get my voice out there. Mm-hmm. So it's like they know I'm there. But I think it's just, um little thing called like imposter syndrome like you still can't believe that you're actually there yeah yeah, yeah. even if like you didn't come from like a preconceived notion of like oh like women can't go to school or like right. they shouldn't go to school I think it just still feels kind of like oh yeah i know there's this one uh there's one woman in my uh, political science class last semester and she was so like outspoken i was like damn like it was cool though because She's all tatted up and shit. And she's just like, Damn. well, here's what I... And I was like, good I for you. I should get some tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she had a whole half sleeve. It was a badass tattoo. Because I think she, it was... It was because she was part Hawaiian and part Native American and something else. And then right. she, like, incorporated all that. It was a badass tattoo. I was like, holy shit. That is dope. But she was cool and she was smart. And she knew a lot about what she was talking about. But it's funny because... Because I'm still taking... A lot of people are just taking those classes for gen ed. This is yeah. one guy in our class. And he was like, fuck, I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. He didn't know. Because, mm-hmm. I mean... For a lot of people, it's just your intro to gov class is just a prerequisite or like it's a gen ed class that you have to take. But it's also funny because have you noticed how many people even in your political science classes don't actually know that much about politics? Or has that, or did you get out of that once you were out of the lower division classes? I think I was mostly out of that once I was like done with lower division. For sure. Um, I always felt like I didn't know enough in my classes. Gotcha. And I was just like, I was like, how do people have time to keep up with all of this? I was right. like, I don't have time to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sleep. But I would definitely say in like, at least my like history classes, because I'm a double major in history. Oh, dope. And stuff like that's where you get a lot of like random people filling it for GEs mm-hmm. and stuff. But a lot of the history classes that I've taken have focused on like American political history, social history, popular cool. culture. And stuff, so I kind of made that my focus. Mm-hmm. And 
just like the amount that people don't know. I'm like, wow, wow, okay. Yeah. I was like, okay, we're going there. Yeah. I, I just took um, I just took an ethnic studies class on race and ethnicity in America for mm-hmm. a writing intensive, and just like the amount of people that don't even know like the basic amendments that were drilled into our heads. Right. I was like. Okay. Or, like, they would, like, question me, and I'd be like, no, like, I know the 13th, 14th, and 15th, like, by heart. Like, there's, like, a certain order that they go in, because you have to be free, then you have to get citizenship, then you have to vote. Right. Like, that's the order it goes in. Right. And they were like, are you sure? And I was like, I'm, like, 100% positive. Just write the answer down, please. (laughs) (laughs) I took a history class uh, spring of last year, and... Oh, that was a great professor. He was great, and he clearly knew what he was talking about. Um, but it was an intro to American uh, history class. Oh, okay. And I was like, I realized how much I didn't know about history until I took his class. And I was like, holy shit. But it was cool because he's so, so he was this white dude from Florida. Oh, this middle-aged Florida. white guy from Florida. And so, you know, I don't know what I'm expecting. The first thing he says, he goes, we always, he says, what do you think of when you think about it? He's, when do you think American history starts? And then someone like, are in like, oh, like, 1776, whatever, right? <laughs> and they, they list, like, when the Revolutionary War started, and he's like, okay, he's like, it was so funny. He's this middle-aged white guy from Florida, and he goes, he's like, well, yeah, that's, like, white people in American history. He's like, when does American history start? So then he, it was cool, because he taught us basic stuff about, like, Native American history, and then the first wow. Native American tribes that the early settlers uh, interacted with so it was i like that he gave us context for things before we just started learning about united states history he taught us american history wow. which i thought was cool i was like and that's i was like that's a cool professor no that's like really cool i, I had a professor that brought up the point that we just say like america willy-nilly but we don't say north america right versus like south america and then people just assume north america right. like, or even people that are just from the united states just calling them like oh americans or we're american yeah, you so know it's like yeah go for south americans you too? are but like so are a lot of other people yeah <laughs> i am united states american or, i am i am from the united states i'm u.s or it was actually really funny because oh god i forgot what i was watching i think i was watching like a stand-up comedy show like so many years ago but the person talking was basically like americans are funny because Whenever they're asked what they are, they always go into like, oh, you know, I'm a little Italian, British, <laughs> whatever. But if you ask anyone else around the world, hey, what are you? They're like, I'm Greek. Like, right. I'm from Greece. Yeah. Like, and I noticed that to be like so true when I went on spring break to Rosarito um, last year. My friends were all filling out the little um, customs card and asked like nationality. Mm. One friend wrote Portugal. I said, buddy. You're not from Portugal. Are you are you from Portugal? And he said, I'm Portuguese. And I said, but are were you born there? Is your passport from Portugal? He said, no. And I said, then you write down the United States of America because you're born funny. in the U.S. That's your nationality. I was like, you were about to get fucked up at customs. <laughs> right. <laughs> funny, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what a nationality is. It's the nation from which you are from. Right. Right. It's funny it's pretty like, how many people don't, like, see it that way or you ask them what they are. Like, Americans just have, like, this sense 
of trying to get in touch with their background since we're such a big melting pot, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's true that a lot of different people come from different places. But still, if you're born here, you know, you're from the United States, you're not going to be like someone who was born in Portugal. You're not going to be like someone who was born in Greece or China. Right. So mine's going to be different. So, like, I'm half white and half Indian. And I'm like, well, yeah, like, I'm half Indian, but, like, I mean, I'm I'm American. Like, this is. You're from the U.S. I'm from the U.S. But I, but it, I will say, like, people who are born here, let's say someone's, like, you know, let's say someone's in it, whatever it may be. You know, there's nothing wrong with trying to connect to that culture and trying to learn yeah. about that culture. I just think for me, it's like it's always important to recognize like, right, but you're still from here. So don't, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's always going to be a part of you. Well, so it's interesting. I, I think I made this point to someone. I don't remember who, but I was like, there's a difference between like so Indian history and then Indian American mm-hmm. history, right? Yeah. The things that Indians faced when they came here or like whatever the, the history of Indians in America it's much different than it is, obviously, I mean, no shit, we're here versus <laughs> in India. So, I think I asked somebody, my girlfriend's Filipino, so I asked her, I was, like, uh, I was like, do you connect more with Filipino-American history or Filipino history? And I think you could apply that to, like, for me, like, do I connect more with Indian history, Indian-American history, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I just think it's important to recognize, like, if you live in a country, like, if you lived in the U.S. your entire life, and let's say you are Mexican, let's say you are Indian, whatever it may be, your roots are more deeply embedded into the... Mexican American, Indian American, whatever it may be, history. Unless you like immigrated That's something from that's like very unique to people in the United States, though, especially yeah. especially with you know saying like I'm Mexican and then adding on the American yeah. thing. That's something that a lot of different people from different cultures tend to value here in the United States, and that's always been something that's blown my mind because mm-hmm. it seems like we have this addiction to like individualism, like we all want to. Be like, yeah, like, we're from here, but we're not just, like, everybody else. Like, we're this thing, or <laughs> we're this thing. People love categorizing stuff. Yeah. I agree. They love categories. I agree. Labels make people feel comfortable. Yeah, but in you go to any other country in the world, this is this is what I hear all the time from people who, like, actually go around the world. You'll hear that Americans, like, people from the United States, they're the only ones who are super addicted to it like that. You know, if you go to Britain, they're all just like, y'all, I'm British or whatever, you know? <laughs> Great accent. <laughs> you know? Great accent, bro. You know? And he yeah. goes to a guy. Let's turn the podcast into an accent show. Yeah, we'll, we'll just turn it, turn it into a, a podcast show. I can do my Indian show accent in Where we all time. talk in like I'm just going to talk like this for the rest of the podcast. And then, Allison, you can talk in the American accent. Oh, okay, perfect. This yeah. is more like Californian American. For Cali. sure. That's true. There you go. Like, like, hella, hella. Yep. Oh, there we go with the labels again. There we go. With labels, man. Labels. No, it's California funny. accent. When people specifically ask, Northern California. <laughs> in Southern California, if you like, to be like, yeah, yeah, like I'm from California. They're like, you're from Northern California. Shut the fuck up. I'm from California. Oh my gosh, that's like the whole debate over where the Bay Area is. When people are like, I'm from the Bay. It's in the Bay, bro. Okay, I someone from Stockton tried to say they were from the Bay. No, you're not. No, from Stockton. Was one person and I was like, I'm from the Bay, and they're like from like wine country. That's not the I'm Bay. Like, That's not the Bay. That's not even That's close. Not the bay. How did they come to that conclusion? I don't even know. I'm like, <laughs> just because you saw an ocean does not. Right. The Bay is like. Bay. It's obviously like San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, that whole area. Yeah. That's that's the Bay. Stop I think it's, it. like, weird, too, because, like, technically, you know, like, Sacramento, Elk Grove's, like, a valley area, but it's, right. like, we aren't, like, we're from the valley. Like, right. we're just, like, 
we're from Sacramento. Right. Oh, girl. Like, hey, I'm like the from suburbs. the valley. At my college, actually, surprisingly, there's a lot of people who are either from Elk Grove or they like know of Elk Grove because they're from one Whoa. of the surrounding areas. Yeah. So <laughs> we're I, on the map. At first, I started telling everyone like, oh, I'm from Sacramento, but like a place near Sacramento. And they're like, oh, you yeah. can just tell me. And then I'll tell them like Elk Grove. And they're like, oh, you thought I wouldn't know where Elk Grove was? That's and like, I'll be like, Ooh. no, I didn't think you would, but... <laughs> That's, like, this one girl I met um, my first week living in the dorm. She was like, oh, yeah, I'm from, like, this small town, like, I was like, <clears throat> where, like, I, I I drive a lot. Yeah. And she's like, Eldorado Hills. I'm like, I'm from Elk Grove. I know where Eldorado Hills right, is. Right, yeah. That's not a small, that everybody knows where Eldorado Hills is. Yeah. That's, that's not tiny. That's not only is it not Elk tiny. Elk Grove is actually not that small. Yeah, There's 200,000. But Eldorado is known. Like, like everybody uh, knows about, like, the story of Eldorado, like, the Spanish gold and all that. And then you call a place El Dorado Hills. Like, what do you think that place is going to be like? <laughs> like, that place is a legend in There's California. literal hills. Yeah. Like, it's, it's you know, I didn't where, know that. Where the know. rich people are, you know? So, <laughs> that, that I did know. That. So, of course. Yeah. Like, of course. Like, people are going to know where that is because they're like, that's where the gold is, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know? Yeah, I was going to... Oh, shit. At a point, but I forgot. No! So, this I remember. It's funny. Whenever we go somewhere, I notice my parents do this. They'll ask, oh, like... And they said that they this they said this to people when they went to Europe. People asked them like, "Oh, where are you from?" They didn't say America. They said California. Mm. <laughs> and I know I started saying it's like I went to Hawaii and someone asked me like, "Oh, where are you from?" I was like, "Oh, California." Well, Hawaii is well, in the United it's States. Tech, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't like that. They don't. They don't like that. They don't really. It's funny. I saw a video and the it was this woman and she said, she's like, "I'm not American. I'm Hawaiian." She's like, stop calling me American. That's I, fine. I mean, yeah. if it's really nothing like the culture on the mainland, then it's like, so different, dude. They don't like us. It's its own thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't blame them to be honest. I, I don't blame them either. Well, saying like, that someone is an American is no way to accurately describe someone, though. To be fair, because like, like I just said, like how there's this idea of what like a British person is. You go over to, like, Great Britain, you, like, would assume, okay, they're all going to be, like, this certain kind of way, even if they're, like, black or they look like they're Hispanic or something. They're all going to be, like, British. It's not like that at all if you come to America. If you come to America, you could get any number of things. You could get someone... Yeah. Who's like from the south, you know, like up the southern accent, or you, you could get someone, accents, or, or you get someone who's like super Mexican, or you could get someone who's like very American, or you could get someone who's you could go to like New Jersey, get someone with like a Jersey accent in here. You go to like Northern California, you go to Maine, like they're all gonna be different everywhere. They're so big, man. Yeah, like you could go to New York, yeah. and it would be like different countries all over the place. You know, it's funny, um, I saw this comedian one time said, they're like, you know, Europe got it right. They realize every hundred miles, people think differently. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. funny because it's kind of true. They have their own little <laughs> countries. They're, they're right. It's, they're, they're way smaller than us. And it's funny because, like, we're this big-ass country of 300 million, 320 million people or some shit. And it's oh, like, God. and we're only growing. <gasps> we're only growing. Yeah, and if you look at the other countries too, like India or China or Russia, well, they have a they're what they're unified by because they're so massive. In India, it's like religion; their religious beliefs are the things that bring people together there. Um, and it's like the way that they look, their kind culture, um, things like that. In China, it's the government 
the government keeps <laughs> yeah, they don't get a choice <laughs> yeah the government same. is the government. god exactly and then same thing in russia it's like the government keeps everybody together you know on the same page yeah Damn. but we don't have everyone please stop having so many babies <laughs> please this is a public service announcement <laughs> you're like slap you your shit too young you have babies you know maybe not economically sound you have babies <laughs> You know what's funny? There's the um, people are having kids later and later now. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I keep on seeing like that's what I'm saying. People have kids younger and younger now. Like at first, like hmm. millennials, like you know, they were doing real good on holding off. But then, like in our generation, because we're technically like small Gen Zers, mm-hmm. like there's like yeah. little Gen Z and then there's like big Gen Z, like your brother and stuff. There's big Gen Z. Yeah, he's like yeah. a definite big Gen Z. Yeah, <laughs> I've been like that. I feel like. People from, like, our generation, maybe it's just because, like, you know, I follow a lot of them on social media. Yeah. Are getting engaged, getting married, yeah. having kids. They that are. is true. No, I see that, too. Yeah. That is funny. There's a like, lot I of... I hear it from other people, But, too. like, our parents' generation, I think they had kids a lot later in life. Well, uh, my, mom, my mom was 29 when... Or mm. 28 or 29 when I was born. Mm. Um, see, my mom was, like, 23 when I was born. Yeah, but, like... I don't know. I saw something somewhere, and it was like people. Actually, like my cousin, he just turned thirty. He doesn't have a kid. Mm. I don't even think he's planning on having one See, right now. I don't know. Those are like millennials. Right. It's probably oh, difficult to gauge it based on our own like personal experience, though, just because things are so different, like all over the place. We also live in but yeah, that's true. I always have I mean, to remember that I'm like looking at stuff with like a California viewpoint at all things. Right. So when I'm like, yeah, Democrats are gonna come back, I'm like, wait. We I, live, I in, live California. in California. <laughs> no, it's funny. Well, it's so like California, the Republican Party will never have control here. I really don't I think mean, they will. They're like challenge accepted. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just, no, it's funny. I mean, my California politics teacher, he was like, it's funny because even he was like, and Republicans in California, he's like, and my dad said the same shit. Being a Republican of California does not mean the same thing I as mean, being a Republican in Texas. All that I'm going to say is what goes up must come down. I mean, I think at some point. It's inevitable that, like, I mean, I think our governor is probably always going to be a Democrat. I mean, that's just the trend we've been on. I mean, Republicans don't win that seat in California because. Yeah, not I mean, since, like. I know, uh, what's his name? Schwarzenegger did. Yeah. But he was, like, it's funny, though, because he's, like, he was very mod. He wasn't a conservative by any means. He was a Republican, but he just. He definitely wasn't a conservative. And there is a difference between conservative because not all Republicans are conservative. Just like yeah. not all Democrats are liberal. Yeah. Right. Of so I mean, it's just like I thought. No, he was much more moderate. I mean, he was like, "Yeah, let's do immigration reform. Let's do this, this, and that." But I think he did cut taxes and shit like that. From what I heard, he was actually like a good governor, but I just don't remember because I was either young or not. But when was Schwarzenegger? I'm pretty governor? sure you were just young. When yeah. was Schwarzenegger? Uh, Wasn't was it like 2008? Yeah, I think yeah. it was during the recession because I, I just wrote a composition way. paper. Oh, yeah, in 2003, yeah. Okay. 2003. And... Yep. <laughs> I was three years old. So you might have remembered that then. Um, no. No. I was I was pretty busy eating Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> Dealing Let's see. with the struggles of life. <laughs> yeah. You're I, two years older than us, so you would have been fine. One of my friends yesterday thought I was crazy because I don't like Honey Nut Cheerios. I like to eat regular Cheerios. What? You are crazy. You, I agree. You at least like put sugar in them. like you know, like That's what she stuff. said. And I was you like. You put like, honey on it, brown I was sugar. Like, I'll take no. anything at this point. I was like, like screwed no. up in Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't want to see people that put fruit in their cereal. Like I've never done I that. don't want my fruit to be in my milk. Yeah. No. My dad used to do thing. that for me when I was a kid. And as soon as I had control over my own cereal, that stopped That's happening. hilarious. Wow. I don't know why he liked it, but. Just trying to make you healthy. Yeah. No. Like plain Cheerios. <laughs> plain Cheerios really? are Cheerios my are thing. Where it's at, bro. Honey nut Cheerios are all right. I some honey nut Cheerios in. Huh? I kind of want. Oh, I had some frosted flakes oh the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cereal is so underrated. It's, it's so bad no, for you, but it's, it's so good. It's definitely like the best dessert item. I'm not arguing with you, but dessert. Also, dessert. We're talking breakfast here. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> That's You know, dessert. the last time that I had cereal for breakfast, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember the last time I had cereal for breakfast. Oh, God. I think it was like months ago for me because I yeah, had bought too. some. Wait, no. I usually for a snack. <laughs> and I ate it all. <laughs> I ate it all. Unashamed. <laughs> I usually, yeah, no. It's, it's a snack for me. Oh, that's a snack. I, I don't I'll have cereal any time of day. I mean, honestly, it, it is like a dessert item to me, though. Like, you just think about the amount of sugar that's in a lot of cereals. Let's do the health nut. Like, if you're having... You look at it that way. If you're having Honey Nut Cheerios, you're basically eating dessert. Okay. I live my life the way I live my life. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. It's like dessert. Sean the other day, so Sean took uh, AP Economics. Oh. And Did he you have raisins? Yep. Oh, I So he, he really liked that class. And now every goddamn, he's like, why don't we eat dessert before our main meal? And I was like, I don't know, Sean, why? And he was like, well, think about it. And then he started, like, using economics to justify that position. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Because it would be cheaper to order the dessert and then you would order well, a smaller I meal? think No, I think it was um, the amount of pleasure you get from it. Oh. The, like, net growth, whatever the I was thinking fuck. more, like, tangible. Like, no, no, no. desserts oftentimes, like, you know, like, what, like, four to seven bucks? Right. And then you order that. You're kind of full. Want a little different taste. Maybe the family just orders an appetizer. It's true. You save money in the long run. Oh my god, I'm gonna start doing this. <laughs> People are gonna be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, can I get like, dessert just, just first? Just listen. Just listen. That's true. Can I get dessert first to fill myself up? Okay, now I know it's not small. necessarily like the healthiest thing, but I love eating my dessert, like sweet chocolates and stuff, and ice cream or whatever is for dessert before I actually eat the food that I'm gonna eat. Really? You I've know? never actually done that. I do that all the time, especially <laughs> like at college. Like, I'll grab a cookie and then I'll go get a chicken wrap. What the fuck? Sometimes, like, I just want to balance out like the flavors <coughs> that I'm getting. Like, there's just like one part of my stomach that's like, "Wow, I didn't get anything salty or like sweet," and yeah, I'm like, I have that little little piece of room to fill that. Yeah, but that flavor I did not get. That's natural. Your body does that because it recognizes that, like, oh. We haven't had a lot of this today mm-hmm. or we haven't had a lot of this, which is why if you eat a bunch of sweets, you'll get sick of it. And then you might want like meat or you might want like crackers, my best friend, Alan. something different. Okay. And then meats and sweets. Exactly. And then That's you'll do that and then you'll get sick of that and you're, you'll start wanting something different. Like mm-hmm. you, then you might want something sweet again or you might want something cold or something hot. I or, feel like the way like I combat that is I try to eat like fruit or something in between or like. Mm-hmm. You know, like a little apple with peanut butter. I'm just like, that's fine. That's like carb heavy. I haven't had an apple with peanut butter since. Oh. I must have been in like elementary school or something. Really? I like. Yeah, that's just a bomb. I yeah. like never ate it as like a kid. It has just been recently. 
like all those like cut an apple in the morning and like mm-hmm. scoop hell of peanut butter <laughs> into the top. Peanut butter is great, but you know what I haven't had in a while is an apple. I've been eating a ton of bananas lately. Oh. Because I'm sure apples are good for you too, but I know bananas are like off the I chain. Eating apples a bunch. Yeah. I like apples. I like apples, but they're kind of like difficult to eat if you're like going somewhere at the same time. Like yeah, bananas like, are like pretty quick. Like it's yeah, apple. Yeah, I it was. I don't know why. Okay, I went to go pick up one of my friends from the airport like a I don't know a month ago, and I was driving to the airport and I was just sitting there eating my apple and I was like, and then I realized I was like, oh, I can't see the road. Segway, uh, like segue from political conversation. We're going to talk food. about food. <laughs> my other passion. <laughs> exactly, yo. Food and politics. Yeah, food, food is politics. great though. Let's be real. True. I love food. This like feels like um the little Netflix. Short where he's like talking in cars with comedians while getting coffee. <laughs> like it's just. I haven't watched that yet, actually. It's pretty good. You should check it out. Yeah. I definitely like dropped the ball on continuing watching it, but I enjoyed it when I watched it. Yeah. That's dope. What's it called? Um, it's like driving in cars with comedians while getting coffee. It's with um. Hmm. Oh my gosh. What's his name? Um, I think it's with the Seinfeld guy. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, like, at the very... It's, like, a 20-minute episode. It's really yeah. easy. At the beginning, he's like, look at this vintage car I have that there are only, like, three of in the world. Right. And now I'm going to go pick up whoever. Hmm. Right. And get coffee. It's, like... It's just, like, random. Yeah. Just... That's perfect. Funny. That's perfect. Check it out. That's totally perfect, though. Yeah. But how many episodes are there? I have no idea. How much of it? That's one of the... <laughs> That's one of the really funny things, too, is, like, Netflix shows and whatnot, because they just put out the whole thing at once, and you can I just... I love that. You just watch all of it. Yeah. You could just be sitting there just watching this one thing. Just for sure. I just, like, I find myself getting, like, so, like, depressed after, I, like, I finish something, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow, like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, I feel like a piece <laughs> of me is, like, gone. Like, I'm like, wow, I should go get some human interaction. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, that might be a good idea. I know I always get, like, I like that Netflix releases everything at once, but then it's also like, well, shit, now I finished. So I just finished uh, season one of The Witcher, and so now I'm like, nah, I gotta wait, like, another year, two more years. Exactly. Yeah. That is the, the only thing that's kind of like, oh. This is why you just, like, watch shows that are, like, old. And they're already done. So you don't have any disappointment. You know what was the most disappointing thing? What? what? Waiting two years for season eight of Game of Thrones. I always talk shit about Game of Thrones in this podcast. Wow. Oh. Yeah, that's how things go. He I was loved really the show. dissatisfied. I was. With it. I loved the show. I was like, never into it. You never watched yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know people that you. were. Season one through seven, they're good. Watch it. Season eight, Damn. just skip it and pretend that's it like, ended. I feel like that's like every last season of like a really good show, like Gossip Girl season six. <laughs> it wasn't that great. Every other season, fantastic. See, I think Breaking Bad season five was phenomenal. And the last season of Breaking Bad, I thought. I was think, but I also think good. Vince Gilligan is a good screenwriter, and he knew how to end it. I think too many people, when they write a show, they have it go on for too long that they like wait, they lose track of how to conclude it. You have yeah. to have a clear story. You have to know how you want it to conclude. I'm pretty sure Vince Gilligan knew from the beginning he wanted. I think they stretched out Breaking Bad like a little bit though. They for sure did. I like definitely stopped watching Breaking Bad, awesome. but I'm okay with spoilers. Oh well, I mean he. It's been over since like 2013. They literally yeah. came out with like a spinoff show 
Better Call Saul. Camino. Better Call Saul, based on his lawyer. Well, they also uh, did the movie El Camino. El Camino. El Camino was fucking yeah. Which is really I good. liked El Camino. Ah. Yep. Spoiler alert, Walter White dies at the end. Yeah. He gets shot. Not even from the cancer? Wow. No. Well, he's dying from that. And then he, he kind of That's like, how you knew they were stretching out the show. Because like, his cancer would go away. And then it would like come back. And then it would go... You know? Oh, that gosh. happened twice, I think. Capitalism yeah. at its finest. So, <laughs> we are making money off of it, this. It almost felt like in season four and five... Like, you could feel what wasn't initially planned. Like, they just kind of added stuff to make it longer. I think season... F- I liked season... Season four was really good. I think season five is where they stretched stuff out. Because was that where they started doing the Vominos pest? Yeah. Yeah, that stuff just felt like it was, like, inserted unnecessarily. I Yeah, I mean, I, I think the show was good, and I liked it, like, through and through. But it's definitely one of the stronger shows that I've seen. But some shows... <laughs> I used to really be into House of Cards. You know, I've always wanted to watch that, but I've never. I heard it was it. good. So, like, I heard it was really good. You definitely should watch it with like someone else because it's just like so dark, and like oh, the way funny. they film it is dark too. By like by watch it with someone else, do you mean like watch it with your girlfriend or like watch it with your homeboy or? What are you I saying? mean, like exactly. either or works really. I guess it depends on the relationship vibe. Like, you know, like, how, like how comfortable are you going to be? Like. You know, seeing someone almost get murdered multiple times in an episode, but also, like, you know, intense, like, sexual scenes, too. Right. Yeah, so it's like, you gotta have to judge that relationship for your own. I never like giving hardcore advice to people. I'm like, I think it really just depends on the person. Like, how It sounds like, like the kind of show you might want to watch with, like, a mixed crowd. You might want to have, like, your girlfriend and then, like, your friend and his girlfriend and then, like, your two other friends on the other couch. And then, like, maybe your, like, mom-in-law, her dog, your <laughs> and cousin. Maybe, yeah, maybe they're, like, chilling there, too. See, I used to make an awkward mistake of watching Game of Thrones with my parents downstairs. And the first three seasons, it's just sex galore. I mean, there's... Oh God, I would have felt so awkward. Every single episode... In the first two seasons, I think, it, there was boobs. And there was half, at least half those, probably more, there was quite a bit of sex. It's just so, like, it was so weird to watch. Well, you know what there. show took from Game of Thrones heavily in that aspect was The Witcher. Uh, no, The Witcher was written before Game of Thrones was. It was? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought, but I just thought that the way the show was done, they took from Game of Thrones a lot. Uh, I don't think so. You don't think so? No, it's completely different. I don't know. It seems, Dude, I've seen both. It seems like a similar ball game. Yeah, it's both fantasy, but it's yeah. different. It's different. <laughs> okay. It's different. You know what other... I don't mean to intrude. <laughs> no. But you know what other show there is, is um, where, because you had mentioned that one, the comedian show, the comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Yeah. Um, there's Be Real. Uh, he has his hot box show. And he'll, <laughs> and he'll, have, and he'll have people in this car... And he'll get them like super gone. That's like I remember he had had uh, Joe Rogan on, and I remember listening to like one of Joe's interviews about it. It was the funniest thing I ever heard. He said we smoked like a whole blunt beforehand, and then and then he wanted. So I was like already high, and then he wanted to like keep going. Like when we got in the car. (laughs) And Fuck, so i guess apparently they they had they just kept giving him weed and he was like just completely messed up um wow. but that just sounds like a funny show to watch to me hmm. yeah, it could be yeah, very entertaining watching people get stoned is so fun it's so funny 
I like watching my friends get high. It's really entertaining. But we can move on from that discussion. <laughs> yeah. What else are you into besides like politics and stuff? Oh wow, the the age old question. <laughs> I like to eat food. <laughs> yeah, no, I um I like trying new foods, I like traveling. I feel like. I'm just, like, such a laid-back person mm-hmm. that I don't really, like, have a lot of hobbies because, like, I can be, like, super content doing nothing or, like, anything. Like, That's cool. I, like, pretty much, like, not, like, never have a bad time. Like, sometimes I'm in, like, a terrible mood. Yeah, sure. But I just, like, I'm chilling, like, no matter, like, who I'm with, what I'm doing. Uh... Well, recently, like, I've gotten into, like, running a lot, like... Oh, that's cool. I ran my first half marathon last year, and then I ran a full marathon in Greece with my mom. Oh, shit. What's yeah. a half marathon? Like, 13 miles? Yeah, 13.1. Mm-hmm. I did not think that I would ever run that far in my life, unless I was being, like, chased in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> but now, like, I'm addicted, Loki. Really? Yeah, like, I just want to run more. That's like, wow. that's true. Running is like a super addictive thing. I can Josh, definitely say. I will get, especially if it's like I just stopped running. Like if I just stopped running for at least a few days, like I, I'll get like itchy. Oh. Like, like I feel like like I have to go like run. I'm like yeah. I need I need to go. <laughs> I just like love that feeling that you get after running. Where it's like, wow. Like I don't even know how to describe it. It's just that like runner's high like. You're happy to be done. You kind of can't breathe, but you can breathe. Right. And, like, you're just, like, I'm pretty content. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's, like, a really good, like, stress reliever for me just because, like, I get so freaking stressed. Right. Where I'm just, like, I just need to go outside for a second and, like, jog this off. Yeah. That's good. I used, for me, it's, I would go work out when I... And that's a great way to really stress. And if you have, like, extra energy, whatever it is. Because if you've been sitting inside all day at school, it's like, I got to go do something. Yeah. <laughs> so going to the gym or I go skate or something like that just to, like, use that energy. Yeah, completely. I know that exercise is a great way to get out, like, a lot of energies. Like, um, I know for me at least, like, either it can be, like, stress or it can be, like, like, really any any feeling like i could be like mad about something or i could be like frustrated it like almost doesn't matter like exercise kind of just like takes that all away it's just like it's like it's like taking out the garbage like mentally i feel like you know <laughs> at first i thought you were gonna say taking out the garbage literally <laughs> <laughs> no. but like it's it's like it just kind of for me at least it just kind of like clears out my mind you know yeah and like i definitely agree and i think just coming from like a sporty like background and like playing soccer for so many years and like mm-hmm. just like seeing my life without it i was like kind of have like a lot of free time and i'm like just kidding i don't have free time but <laughs> <laughs> i feel like running is just like a really great outlet and i've met like a lot of great people in like the running club i'm in like granted that they're all like my mom's age like they're wonderful people like i yeah. love being their friends <laughs> yeah like they're cool yeah <laughs> I, do, I used to do track, like, in high school, but you used to do soccer in high school? or? Uh, Yeah, I played for, like, 11 years or something like that. Oh, shit. Yeah, I just never played for the high school team. I never made it on. I tried out three years in a row. I got Damn. turned down every really? time, and I played club. If you were playing for 11 years, you'd think you'd be pretty good, huh? Right? Yeah. Uh, me too. <laughs> me too, but... 
you know, getting on like high school teams is a lot of politics going on. So that's the interesting thing too is that politics really plays a role in like everything. It really does. It's so annoying. There, there are like there are like political things going on in all sorts of different ways. Like even, even like decisions that like couples make together are like political just because you have like one mind and another mind right. you know in that sense yeah it's i don't know one thing i think is important especially when you like how eh, unfortunately whatever everyone's got a political opinion on something i think it's important to surround yourself with people you don't agree with at least i try to like even i mean and i realize this that like most of my friends we agree but like one of my, my my good friend Aaron, he um he considers himself he's moderate Republican, center right. I'm center left. Me and him actually agree on like almost everything. You're like wow. mostly the same. We're mostly the same. We just have slightly differing views on like he might be more. You're different on socially. Sometimes. Socially is where That's we're different. different. I'm socially a lot more liberal. He's oh, okay. socially I won't say conservative, but not socially as liberal. not liberal. Yeah. He's not socially conservative by any means, he, but he's not... Not conservative, just not liberal. He's, he's not liberal either. So he's, like, socially in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he's just, I don't know, he's kind of like, yeah, like, fuck it, let people do what they do, but I'm more, like, I don't know. He's more like, liberal what in happens sense. behind closed doors stays behind closed doors. Yeah, I mean, that's, he just doesn't, that's his thing. And I, I mean, he comes from a religious background, so, like, I get it. Uh, and then one of my other friends, he is actually more, not socially, but... In terms of policy, uh, one of my other friends, Miles, he's more actually conservative. And these are friends that I've grown up with since I was kids, but I don't know, Josh and I agree on quite a bit. We do. We actually, we were on a long bus ride one time and we were like, we should uh, we should try to figure out what we don't agree about because that would be more interesting. <laughs> right. We fucking, like, what we did we had, not agree we on? We had such a hard time. I don't know. We agreed on like... We literally, like Even okay. when we thought we like didn't agree about something, I'd like break it down and then he'd be like, oh, wait, actually, no, you're, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny because <laughs> wow. I remember yeah. was, this was senior year, right? Yeah, I think it was on the way back from Disneyland. Yeah, and we were like, hey, uh, what do we not agree on? Times at Disneyland. That was fun. Oh, I want to go to Disneyland. I'm trying to go again. I'm like, I'm not trying to drop money on a ticket to Disneyland. That's true. It's just expensive as shit. I also money just like free. having. I also just like having money. That's true. Me too. I DoorDash for a living. That's how I make money. Wow. Yeah, it's great. It's okay though. You're working on a campaign right now, aren't you? Yeah, I work on a campaign, and I'm a student assistant for the state. Mm-hmm. That is how I make my money. Nice. I feel that. Do you? What do you do as a student assistant? Um, I'm a historical statues proofreader, and that is just fancy jargon for I proofread old bills and resolutions that have been passed in California, and basically make sure it's like all set up in a little fancy document for the lawyers to use in a searchable way. That sounds like one of those things that is rarely, if ever, satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes like I'll read like really funny things, like. My coworker was just like, you guys, this resolution is about Michael Jackson. Oh, like, why do we need a resolution <laughs> about Michael hilarious. Jackson? Or like, I read a resolution on how the 49ers are the greatest team ever. Right. And I was like, so what are these wow. resolutions exactly? What are they supposed to be? So resolutions are basically like a declaration of something. Like, they don't change anything in the law. Most resolutions get passed. 
Right. Because they're just, like, commending you for something. Like, the 49ers are great. Or we are recognizing, like, um, Martin Luther King Day. Right. Like, here is this resolution to recognize this thing. Right. So in terms of policy, it doesn't change anything. It's just. But like you a, can just say, like, Michael yeah. Jackson was a good guy. Yeah, or, like, you can, like, give your, like, stance on something, basically, mm-hmm. without having right. to, like, do, like, policy. Mm-hmm. And it's usually, like, kind of an easy route to go. And you're like, I passed this resolution on this. <laughs> right. But yeah. you didn't actually, like, really do anything. Yeah. Yeah, Pretty I much. got you. So what do you want to do, like, long-term with your political science degree? Do you know? Um... I'm or do you just like seeing where you? the wind blows me? Yeah, yeah. I just um, you know, I feel like that's a big question people ask, but um, I really don't know. I feel like that there's a lot I still don't know, and that mm-hmm. there's like a lot of different ways you can take it. For sure. And I just don't want to have my like mind or heart set on something and then get like you know upset if I don't do that or like feel like I'm at. Right. A road that has now been split into two, and I have right. to make this big decision. And, because I mean, like, honestly, like, as cheesy as it sounds, and everyone says it, they're like, I want to help people. But, like, I really do want to help people and, For like, sure. give a voice to, like, people that are voiceless. Yeah. Well, I, I bag on a lot. It's funny because I'm a political science major. I bag mm-hmm. on politics all the time, though, because I don't know. Maybe it's the climate. Maybe it's just. I, certain things are just like I don't know, like when learning about the global north south relations. Relations. It's depressing. I mean, that, it's depressing. Like hell. Right. Like that's what politics see? is. It's depressing. Yeah. So, so I had to like get over that mentality because I just like went down a dark hole of like TED talks one night about like child marriage and like forced marriages too, and I was like, oh my god, I'm like, <laughs> what world are we living in? Right. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, and then. Yeah. I was thinking about, like, how fortunate it is that, like, we went to school in, like, such a good school district. Right. And I'm just like, holy shit. I'm like, what if I didn't go to, like, the right school or, like, the right school district and right. I didn't that's have, like, these opportunities? It's a perspective thing. You get that things are framed that's, differently. That's yeah. one thing for sure that political science has helped me with this perspective. Especially my IR class. We're not sex trafficking in one of our things. And it was, I was like, well, this is dark. rough. Right. And we had to, we, it was a, we had to hear a story about a young boy. Who got sucked in this um, sex slavery, and it was <clears throat> white men from the U.S. that were going there, and you know, in quotes, hiring not really Disgusting. these people. It, it's just horrible. Disgusting. So people right. should not be for sale. No, for sure. I think that that's what it is. I think it's not that I don't like politics; is that I don't. It's definitely made me more cynical about humanity, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it for sure has made yeah. me... Yeah, Josh, I'm so cynical. Sometimes nowadays, I'm more optimistic than he is. I think right. you have to be a cynical optimist to, like... I agree. Get over it all. I agree. And it's just like, okay, That's think of, like, all the bad people in the world. Right. And you kind of have to start thinking, like, okay, well, there's people like me and people like you. Right. So then there has to be more of us. Right. And how did these bad people become this way? What what happened in their life that made them? It's having yeah. empathy for people and yeah. trying to understand. And look, I I heard this great thing one time, and it was this guy. He said so. He was a former white supremacist, and he started one of the biggest white supremacy movements in the country. Wow. He's not anymore. He got. Does he like? Is he the one that like rescues people from like white yeah. supremacy yeah. groups? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I think we read this. Yeah. Book. Yeah. Yeah. It was a Ooh. TED talk, and it's like the coolest shit. I was like. And something he said stuck with me, and he said, "Show um, 
loved the people who you think deserve it the least. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is that it's easy to look at people as, like, good and bad or whatever. But I think the reality is that there's, like, a little bit of both in everyone. And I think that's yeah. a good example of that, too. You have this guy who... You know, so many people would have looked at him and been like, oh, you're a bad guy. But, like, if you see how far he's come and if you even look at how he was in the position he was in in the first place, you kind of realize, like, very quickly, like, oh, you weren't necessarily a bad guy. You weren't necessarily a good guy. But it's just kind of, like, mixed, I feel like, with a lot of people. There's good and bad, and you can choose to lean into either. Yeah, I feel like it's, like, the same way that we look at problems in, like, other countries, like, Mm -hmm. with our Western standpoint. Like, we're looking at it from a Western standpoint. We're not looking at it from... Of that country standpoint, like I agree. we should see it from other people's perspective and how they got there in the first place. And well, yeah, it's important to focus on the problem at hand. But if we just focus on the problem at hand, we're never going to curb the problem and the root of why it's happening. Absolutely, I agree. I think when you take a Western standpoint on everything, especially when you're looking at problems in the Middle East or that wherever it may be, it's like okay. You have to learn to zoom out, like, to look right. at things that are outside of look yourself. Look at something you from like their perspective. Outside of it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like... You Couldn't have said to, it better. <laughs> you have to... It's learning other people's perspectives and being willing to accept that, you know, what you think you know might not be right. Your understanding of, you know, Western society yeah. and Western civilization, that's not how everyone lives. Exactly. And when you take into consideration, like, okay... What are the problems going on in this country? You need to recognize, okay, well, let's look at it from their lens and how do you fix these from their lens? You take a look at, I don't know, women's and LGBTQ rights in the Middle East. They're not great. They're almost non-existent. We can look at it from our Western standpoint of, yes, we need to go in and topple it, all that shit. And it's like, okay. Or you look at it from their perspective and realize, okay, not justifying it. But it's also like, how do you fix that from... Within. Within. Yeah. Right? I don't have the answers to that, but it's recognizing that and being willing to try to understand from their perspective. And I also think at some point you got to recognize, realize, like, this is just my opinion, but it's not our business to fix the world's problems. Very oh, yeah. true. I mean, but if you look at even in this country, like, the journey that so many different groups have gone on in gaining the rights that they have today that are granted to them by the government as all rights ultimately are i think um you look at another country it's not like you can just change things like from night to day that's not how anything works nothing's just gonna be yeah. like that nothing's just gonna and the change, change has to like come from within i agree because those are the people that understand change that they need the most like you can't just go into communities and tell them this is what i think that you need for sure i completely agree with you I think we talked about this um, the other day. I don't know if you know what's happening with it on right now. Have you followed any of that? I've followed it, but I haven't followed it, like, super closely. So, we've I, had, like, I several this, conversations yeah, about I, so it I won't. I, I, don't ha- I won't go too into <laughs> yeah. it because we have talked about it quite a bit. But, you know, we went. so we went in and we killed one of their top leaders, top generals. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, he wasn't a great person. Yeah, he was a problem. Okay. Yes, he's responsible for thousands of Iranian and Iraqi deaths at the same time. Was it our place to now do this? Does this need to come from within the people? So, okay, so Egypt, for example, um, 2011 is when their revolution broke out. Mm-hmm. To my knowledge, the U.S. didn't support or not support anyone. It was just up to their people. And guess what? It was successful and they're fine. I mean, they still have their problems. Yeah. Right? I'm not saying that they don't, but it's not as bad as it was because they figured some things out because the people 
there realized that they were sick of what was happening. Mm-hmm. What's happening in Hong Kong right now. This isn't, mm-hmm. we're not sending people from the U.S. to go wave American flags. That's their people doing it themselves. The other thing you have to recognize too is you said this perfectly, I think. Like the people in Hong Kong, they got a taste of something good. They got a taste of freedom. And so there's no going back from that now. You're not going to have freedoms and to whatever extent they had the freedoms that they had and then go and say like, oh, it's fine if you just want to take this away from us and tell us what to do. When you give people freedoms, and this is just like, I don't know, an idea I have about people, but I think when you give people a taste of freedom, they're never going to willingly give that up. And the more freedom you expose people to, the more and more they're actually going to fight against tyranny and oppression and things like that. That's why you look at Hong Kong right now, all the protests there. They had an ounce of freedom. And then the Chinese government wanted to come in and say, well, no longer. And they said, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, that's why when you see things that go wrong here, you see protests, you see things like that. Because people are like, hell no, you're not going to, you don't get to do this. In France, they have, it's funny, France is a culture of um, of protest and revolution. Um, uh, it was interesting. The to, French Revolution. Right, well, that, that was hectic. But so bloody. <laughs> we we little learned a bit bloody. about them. <laughs> <laughs> a little more than a little, but we learned about that in my political science class. And you know their country's history with, I mean, when their people want something, their people get it <laughs> because they're very vocal about it and they're very forward about it. And that directly ties into their history because they have a history of that now. While the U.S. does, it's not to the same extent, I don't think. Yeah. We're also, you know, way bigger. And we have way more... Pro- like, it's we a, are bigger. Well, right. Well, that's also a monogamous... They're all white. Most of the country. Over 90%. The U.S. is like, okay. Over 90% of the U.S. is white? No. No, France. France. Oh, France. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? No. What are you uh, saying? It's like... What world are we living in? 50-something percent of the U.S. is white. That sounds more Still accurate. over half. I think it's like 57 yeah, something wow. like yeah. that. Which but, is not a lot. Not a big majority. You know by 2030, they're expected to be a minority? White people? Like, like really? numbers speaking, yeah. Numbers speaking, they're expected to be below 50%. Wow. And Latinos are the fastest growing um, ethnic group in the United States. Is it States. just like on those like little pages where you can only like mark one? Or are we seeing like an increase in like biracial or like Bi- that people? That's increased. Mixed and biracial people have yeah. um, increased. Race and ethnicity is like one of the most confusing things. It's so... Because take an ethnic studies class. Take see, an ethnic studies class. I thought... Yes. Yeah. I thought about it. Shit. I was thinking about taking it because... But there's well, something white, I learned from... Anthrop- white's like the one that makes the least sense. It's like white, what is that? And black, what is that? <laughs> you know well right because i mean white that that would uh, white latinos right and then white yeah. european what does white mean or black I mean, cubans like, really just like a social construct They're that's yeah that's technically right and then race is a social construct well, that's something we learned in my anthropology class was like race is made up it's not actually real yeah like 100 percent is used as a tool of oppression and discrimination in the u.s yeah. I don't. I I think Not, it can be used in that way, but I think more than anything, it's just another one of those ways to like make Little things people. easier. Yeah, just make a generalization. Just be like, uh, generally speaking, this is white and that's black and that's yeah. this. For sure. It's just, it, but you. Yeah. I get where you're what you're saying though, because like in the U.S., so uh, the, the black codes those were introduced in like the 16, 
trying to remember. Late 1600s, I believe. So, fun fact. So, slavery in the U.S., it, it used to, one, it wasn't called slavery, but it was, I mean, any, there was white people that were slaves, there were Native Americans, there was black people, but as time went on, because what the, I forget who's, it was something rebellion, someone's rebellion is what it was called. And like, the, the, I don't remember the name, but you might know what I'm talking about. And then all yeah. the, the, the rich upper class elite white people were like, Was it Shay's Rebellion? Wait, no. I was going to no, say I think that, it, but it might have been that. Is. I don't remember. There's, I know that there's Shay's Rebellion and there's Bacon's Rebellion. It might have been Bacon's. But there was like a bunch of like poor white people. It might not have been that then. Like, the poor, poor, the poor white people. That poor, was Shay's Yeah, so what the white people did. Like, the rich white people, they were just turning the poor white people against the black people. That's what it was. So, yeah. then they were like, look, we'll give you, like, a little bit, but not much. Just enough to, like, make you feel superior. So, right. Well, because they right. knew well, that they was. couldn't so, fight all of the poor. Otherwise, they would end up with, yeah. like, well, so being I heard, overthrown. Right. So, that's what they realized. So, the... Which history, is what happened in other uh, countries. I don't know what rebellion is now. <laughs> uh, right. I'm not, it was either Shays or Bacon's, but... It, um... But they essentially turned the poor white people on the poor black people and were like, hey, they tried to paint that like, hey, we have more in common because they're skin. But it was like, actually, you don't. And yeah. it was and it's it's funny. I heard something. This It applies today. A poor white guy has more in common with a poor black guy than the poor white guy has with a rich white guy. But because of race and because that was embedded in our history, people don't see it like that, which is a problem. Yeah, no, that's like a huge problem. Yeah, I agree with you. I think race, unfortunately, I mean, it that, was Shay's rebellion. It was Shay's, uh, yeah. That's funny because that's what we were all thinking, and that's what it was. Hell yeah! Fuck yeah! We kind of knew what we were talking about. Well, no, it was Shay's rebellion. History. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about getting a minor in it. I might. We'll see. I mean, History. Cool. Yeah. But I mean, do you really need a minor in something? Like, just go for the major. Well, so that's you can specialize in anything. So what I was gonna do is I I was gonna double major in political science and philosophy. So you can't triple major. So I can just get a minor. You can definitely triple major. I don't want to triple if you're major. On track. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm I'm not. So I think I'm gonna double and then get the minor. If I even get that, I might just double major. I don't know. Fuck it. We'll see. What I happens. know one guy that's triple major, and that guy's crazy. That's he took, insane. He took like thirty units wow. of a semester. That's wow. crazy. That's like. Fuck, how many classes? That's a lot of classes. It's almost 10. More. Yeah, it's a, it's a good amount. It's, it's about 10 classes. If, yeah, each class is three units. That, that is 10 classes. He took more than that sometimes. But yeah, I know he went Fuck for sake. like three degrees. I mean, hey, why pay the price for one degree if you can have multiple? Right? Rig the system. <laughs> I guess so. Make it work for you. You took a bunch of classes last semester. I took six. I'm taking another six. If I wasn't, this is what I realized because I'm taking that and then I'm just because of all the things I'm doing. If I didn't have my job, I could probably take eight to 12 classes. Fuck. But like, Jesus. because my job is like so demanding, like I, I couldn't, I don't think I can take more than six. I think that's like my limit. Like if I take more than that, I'm mm-hmm. not going to be able to do it. Some shit's going to come undone. Um, God, I think for like, Four or five semesters in a row. I can't. I'm not good at math. I took like eighteen to twenty-one units. Oh, okay. So what's that? Six, six seven. seven. Classes. Yeah, six or seven classes. Yeah, that's what I'm doing next semester. Yeah. I'm taking technically eight. I'm doing seven in a work studies. Wow. So yeah. Yeah, like I hated my life one semester. Like <laughs> I was like student assisting at the Department of Justice, and like I would go to work at like seven a.m., get off around one, go to class three to four fifteen, then the next day I would just 
go to my 9 a.m., yeah. stay there till 4.15, and then just, like, repeat that whole cycle. And I was like, I really hate waking up this early. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm tired. Because you go to bed late. Even if I went to bed early, I was still, still tired. tired. Mm. I was yeah, tired getting up early up takes something to get used to. Getting up early takes something to get used to. I, the, my sleeping schedule was weird because two days a week, and this is what's going to happen again next month, two days a week, I would have to get up at like 6.30, 6.45. Oh, so I had wow. a class at 9. But then the other two days a week, I didn't have to, like during the school week, I didn't get up till 8.15. So like one day I'd wake up at 8.15, and then the next day I'd get up at 6.45. It was weird. I mean, it's easiest to wake up at the same time every day. Yeah. Because even if you don't get that much sleep... If you wake up at the same time, your your circadian rhythms will still be aligned with that pattern, whatever schedule you get used to. I, next semester, I'm just going to probably get used to getting up at like 7 or 8. I would just pick like the best time. Honestly, it's hectic. I, I think, honestly, like these past four years, I've played around with like different schedules. Mm-hmm. Like my first semester, I did like an 8 a.m. class and then... Like, a bulk of my classes are on Monday Wednesday. Then I had, like, a little afternoon three-hour class on Tuesday. And then I had, like, a noon class on Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. And, like, that schedule is, like, super easy, like, if you're not working. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as I threw work into the mix, I was like, I was like this sucks. Yeah. I had, um when I was working, thankfully, my job, they were very flexible. So, like, I was able to start later because we would work, uh, three day at first the hours were four to nine but then because it got dark so we were canvassing oh. so then it started being three to eight and i was in school and so they would let me start at four or um or five depending on when i got out of school yeah so i had flexible so i was lucky with my first job they were very flexible but i know like working and going to school and that was my first it was hectic i was like what am i doing yeah. That was not a smart thing to do my first semester. That's so why my first year, I was like, I'm not going to work. I'm not even going to try to work because I don't – well, for the first semester, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to deal, you know, because yeah. I want to play drums and I'm making music and stuff and then I'm going to take like five classes at college. And like, I didn't know what to expect. Like, I thought college was going to be at least two or three times harder than it actually was when I started. <laughs> so, it, it, I don't – we it also much is because we're in like the first years. I don't. We were just talking about this. I like it better than high school because it's a lot more like on you to get your shit done. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest thing is like it's just on you at that point. I don't know. Like I feel like my first year was still like a lot of hand holding. Like even really? like the lower division GEs. Like my most of my classes had like attendance taken. And yeah, stuff. me too. And I was just like, oh, I was like, this is whack. Like my high school teachers lied to me. Right. And stuff, and I think it was just because, like, I went so hard in high school and had such good grades that, like, I kind of just, like, fell kind of hard. Like, I might have benefited from a gap year because I was just, like, burned Mm. out by the time I got there. Yeah. I was so lazy in high school that by the time I got to college, if I didn't get my shit together, I was never going to. So, after my first semester, I fucked up. And after that, I decided no more fucking up. And, I mean, I've been on a better path since then, but I needed... College helped me definitely figure my shit out and become more disciplined and, like, actually start caring about school. But, like, I see there was some of that hand-holding a bit. Like, some of my professors would 
take attendance and I was like, well, what the fuck? But then other my some of my other professors were like, yeah, let's get it. I mean, it was so funny. I had a my California politics teacher. We had a, a final, and there was this guy that came in, and my teacher made a note, and he said, you know, the stuff on the final isn't just like what you read in the book. It's also what we talk about in class. And there's this guy who literally was never in class. And he's like, oh, you're going to have a fun time on the final considering you're never in class. And I was like, oh it was God. funny. I love that college professors are so blunt. It's so funny. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's great. It's like all the people. Face. Right. Well, it's like the the people that were the class clowns in high school. That shit doesn't exist in college. The professor kicks them out. I mean, they're like out. I mean, I, I'm not saying people don't crack jokes and stuff, but I'm just saying, like, when you're, like, a serious distraction, professors are just, like, they don't have to deal with it. Well, like, a lot I of came, times when people are serious distractions in class, it's because they don't want to be there, and those aren't the kind of people that are then going to go to college right. and force themselves to well, class There was a guy that was drunk. He came drunk to one of my classes. No way. I swear to God. He kept fucking interrupting me. I was getting pissed, and my teacher ended up being like, you gotta go. <clears throat> He's like, you can come back next week when you're not. And then he came in, he was like, what? That teacher's so funny. He's like, why the fuck do people come drunk to class? <laughs> that professor's so cool. He's for sure. He's a he's a great professor. I have to retake one of his classes, but I, it's not because I feel it. I got an incomplete because I forgot to turn in my final. So you live and learn, right? It happens. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. But he's a cool professor, and it's so funny because he's like, <laughs> he won't cuss a ton, but like whenever there's a moment, he's like, you know, this is just. I gotta say, guys, this is just fucking stupid. I don't know what you guys are doing. Get your yeah. shit together. My experience with college, though, kind of led me wrong because when I first got to college, it was, like, way easier than I thought it was going to be. And so, at that point, I was, like, seriously disappointed because I was like, wow. Because that had been something that had been happening a lot. Like, everybody told me college was going to be hella hard and then it was easy. And then everyone said calculus was going to be hella hard and then it was easy. And, <laughs> you know, so stuff like that kept happening, like, my whole life. And so, when I got the job as the RA, everyone said, like, oh, it's going to be super hard. It's going to be really difficult. And because I was used to this whole thing of, like, people telling me, like, shit's going to be hard and then it's hella easy, I didn't, I, like, low-key didn't take anybody seriously when they said that. Mm -hmm. So, I was like, yeah, I'm sure it'll be difficult. I'm sure it'll be hard or whatever. And then when I actually got the job, all of the shit just hit me like a ton of bricks and i was like instantly overwhelmed because i was i just kind of didn't take it seriously you know at first because i figured like yeah like i'll handle it i can always handle it you know it's always fine and so when i actually got we're gonna be able to hear him right now um when i actually got the job um i wasn't ready for like all the work that came with it and i had to adjust and it took me like a month oh yeah I don't know, like, I feel like when I came to college, it was just, uh, I was like, oh, like, you know, like, I feel prepared, like, I didn't really, like, think much of it, and just since, like, in high school, like, it was, like, not that it was easy for me, but it's, like, you know, I was, like, a pretty good student, like, if I wouldn't come to school, like, I would still pass my classes and stuff, and... I don't know, like, I think I just, like, fell through the cracks a little bit, and I think I was just, like, so used to, like, being able to just, like, research, like, everything myself, like, mm -hmm. oh, like, what classes I should take, like, it's just on a paper. How do you I think you, myself. how do you think you fell through the cracks? Um, 
I think I just like I didn't do as well in my classes as I wanted to and then I had like the mindset oh like I'm gonna finish in three years because I had all these AP credits I had like 27 units when I came in Mm. I was like oh no problem like I'll finish in three years. Like, that's what my orientation leader told me. So then I had, like, my mindset on finishing in three. Like, no matter what the cost was. And for the first half of my first semester, I wasn't working. Because my parents were like, we want you to be a student. That's your job. So then I didn't have enough money to just be a student. So I was like, Jesus, I have to work. Yeah. Work and I, like, kind of, like, you know, had a life. Like... In high school, I didn't really have a life. Like it was like soccer, school, school, soccer. You mean like you, you didn't have you didn't have like time to like just hang out with your friends and just yeah. be social, just like yeah. interact with like, people, go out places or like do whatever I wanted. So I think it was just like a little bit of like maybe like a time management shock, a combination of being like burnt out mm-hmm. from high school and like doing all those AP classes and. I mean, the other part is just being in, like, a shitty relationship, too. Like, that's very draining. Like, with your boyfriend? Yeah. Mm. It's like, you don't have, like, that support system that you think that you have and stuff, and... This, is it, like, an illusion? It's, like, an illusion of security, almost? Yeah, pretty mm. much. And then I think, like, the other big thing was, like, you know, I get a lot of slack, because I lived in the dorms, even though the thing is my family would be like, we never see you, da-da-da. But I was like, oh, like, I'm, like, really busy trying to, like, catch up on these classes, sleep, mm-hmm. like, do my own thing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, wait, like, you guys, like, never went to college. Like, you have you, no idea. You don't understand that. I yeah. Like, I was like, damn it. <laughs> That's definitely something that I think is a problem when maybe, like, uh, you have two parents or have, you know, you have someone's parent or parents. Four right, years, <laughs> seven, eighteen. <laughs> who knows? Like, but I think it's definitely a problem when you have someone who wants to do something and their parents don't understand it. You yeah. know, whether it's they have some kind of ambition or certain pursuits and goals that they want to achieve that their parents just don't understand what's required of them. You know, that's just that's one of the most like unfortunate things. You know, because a lot of parents. They do their best, really, to try and be good parents and to do what they can, you know? Yeah. And sometimes they just don't understand. <sighs> yeah. that, that resonates so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, those things happen. I got lucky. My parents, for the most part, get get stuff. Then even when they don't, they're like, hey, go for it. Wow. Like, I started writing, and my dad was like, okay. <laughs> I think what, no, what he told, I told him I was writing... Uh, I started writing a novel, and my dad was like, well, he was like, Stephen King is worth, like, a few million dollars, I mean, go for it. <laughs> I think it takes more humility to do that, and I think a lot of parents really get stuck in this mentality of, like, no, I'm the parent, I know best, you're my kid, I'm supposed to be teaching you, not the other way around. But any good teacher knows that as much as you might have to give to your student, they have just as much, if not more, to give right back to you. I mean, I think that you brought up, like, an interesting point on, like, humility and stuff. And just, like, we live in a society where people are, like, so embarrassed to, like, show their actual feelings. And, like, if you do, you, like, get called out for or made fun of. Or people are, like, you're being out of pocket. You shouldn't have said that. I think that's one of the most important things to do, though. It's, like, why are you going to do that? Like, 
there's a chance that you could fail. And it's like, there's a chance you could fail at anything. I agree. Of course. Like, I, I mean, know. it doesn't matter. I'm sorry, I kind of like, I left for a minute and just jumped on the conversation. Update me really quick. You're not welcome back in. Oh, damn. <laughs> all right, later. You have to leave. <laughs> at, at your house. All right, kick me out of my All right, bye, guys. <laughs> yeah, but go ahead. No, I had a point. I forgot. You can, oh, it's okay. oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Oh, this happened. It's okay. These things happen. Uh, I don't know. We were just talking about uh, that. Yeah. Just that, really. Yeah. Yeah. Just um. The really, the water. I, I mean, apparently the relationship between like a teacher and a student, but just talking about parenting. We were talking about politics. Yeah. A little bit of everything. Yeah. I was gone for like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Two minutes can be a long time, and an hour can be not a very long time. Truth. It kind of just it kind of just works both ways, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Point. that is another thing that's super weird is our perception of time. If you think about how you go to sleep, it seems like one instant you're asleep, and then it's the next morning. Right. <laughs> it's it's legit, weird. It's like, it's like when did this happen? Exactly. What, where am I? <laughs> exactly. But then sleep is like great, and that just makes me wonder about like dreams. You know. Imagine if we didn't have to sleep. <sighs> we. I don't know. I, I almost kind of just like it. Just, <laughs> no, it's like kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of like lay down. But imagine if like that day be interesting. Like, like you don't actually like need sleep. What if you just need to like eat? Like the vampires drink? in Twilight. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm ashamed to say that I've seen every one of those movies. Of but I got to be honest. I haven't seen. Don't waste your time. Um, I've seen like moments. Uh, yeah. They're, um, I mean, you ever just like have like. Six hours to kill. No, not that, <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> <They're>, uh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> um, this is the second time I've not forgot the point that I was gonna make, but it's okay. You These okay, things. buddy? I am <laughs> kind of okay. I've just let it, just let it go, just let it go to sleep. Okay. Just let the computer go to sleep. For sure, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Yes, don't worry about it. Stop stressing. That's what you were talking about earlier, right? We stress too much. Oh, yeah. Like, I always joke that my current state is, like, always stress. Like, it's just, like, a constant state. <laughs> like, if I don't feel stressed, I'm like, this is pretty weird. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I feel like I always have stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Stress can be a good thing if it, like, kind of puts a fire under your ass. It's like, go do something. Or, like, you need to get your shit done. Yeah. But then sometimes if you, like, don't know how to handle it, then it, like, it can feel like it's too much. There's you know different I mean? There's different kinds of stress. Definitely. I would, I would agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I can manage my stress pretty well. Like, yeah. I don't really mind it. Mm-hmm. And I think it feels, like, more comfortable because I know that I have, like, things to do. For sure. As opposed to, like, nothing to do. Yeah. And I'm just like, I think it definitely feels better when we're busy and we have things to do, but I can't help but wonder if that's just because that keeps us from having to face things in our mind, you know, like things about ourselves that we don't like to think about or, you know, it doesn't because it doesn't give us time to really be with ourselves, be alone, be with our minds. And be with our thoughts Damn. and things like that. Are you, you know? calling me out right now, John? No, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying that that's just what I think. And on this episode of Breaking on the Walls. <laughs> um, no, I think you offer, like, a really good point, And I think it's definitely, like, 
a great outlet. Like, stress is an outlet to avoid your problems. Um, I think, like, part of it for me is that, like, I just, like, crave human interaction. Like, I just, I love socializing. Like, I love being around people. Like, I don't really like being by myself. Like, it's kind of just like, uh, like, yeah, it's, like, sure. cool. Like, I enjoy, like, my me time sometimes. But. You like being with people more. Yeah. Because it's just, like, you don't know, like, when people are going to leave your life metaphorically mm. or literally sure so it's like definitely an extra word <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just um i don't know like even if like i'm doing like nothing with that person like if we were just all on our phones right now in the same room like i'd be perfectly content really yeah it'd but, be better for you to just be with someone than not yeah mm. that's interesting for me when i'm with people if i'm sitting in a room and people are just and we're just on our phones for more than like five minutes, I'm like, okay. Yeah, like, Josh is even worse about it. If we're, if we're to have. If we're Josh is even worse though. If we're sitting in the same place for longer than five minutes, the other night you're like, can we go do something? Yeah, because you guys were just talking about the dumbest shit, and I was like, oh my god, what does it matter, man? I was like, let's like let's go to like do things, and then we went and did something really stupid. I feel like it was fun though. So many people are like, we have to be doing something. Josh. to hang out no we don't have to be doing something but i also don't like just doing nothing. no i agree with you, you know? i mean sometimes i just like enjoy like the pure company of like that person yeah and like obviously like if it's someone that i haven't seen in a while oh, for and sure. i want to have a conversation with i'm more like get the fuck off your phone right <laughs> but i also think that like in the essence of like doing activities with other people like you don't always need to do like something yeah you don't always need to do something right. um no, you always have to do something. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Josh. <laughs> like, how are you supposed to, like, have these conversations with people if you're always doing something? Like, hold hold up. Like, let me do this, like, mini putt golf really quick. Like, <laughs> you're messing up my stroke. <laughs> Don't talk. <laughs> I mean, no, I guess you yeah. learn a lot about people and their competitiveness. <laughs> I, yeah, that's true, actually. Like, the best opportunities to have conversations with people is when you're, like, seemingly doing nothing. If you're just, like hanging out somewhere the thing you do yeah. is a conversation the thing that you're doing that's is the a thing that yeah that's what yeah. you're doing is conversing i don't know i just like i like getting my thoughts out to other people and stuff like mm-hmm. i feel like whenever like i'm super upset about a problem like i'll just like talk about it to anyone because i'm like i want as many perspectives as i can possibly get you're not like really closed like that yeah know? like I'm just like, I want to hear what you think. I want to hear what you think. And people are like, but I don't want you to blame me for my opinions if you, like, decide to take that action. And I was like, why would I blame you for something that I do? You know what's something that I discovered recently that kind of blew my mind was that apparently sometimes, and this is something I heard from a girl, a few girls, actually. So, I don't know because they, my understanding from them is that this is, like, a girl thing because that's what they told me. But they're basically saying that, like, sometimes a girl will go to you and she will vent to you, and it's not that she wants you to try and help her uh-huh. or give her some solution to her problem or something. She just wants you to, like, listen to it. That's it. I would say, like, I'm, like, kind of the opposite. Like, listening is great, but, like, I also, like, would appreciate, like, the possible solutions or, like, For sure. an outside perspective. Because, obviously, it's, like, I I always say that I try to have, like, a really unbiased look at, at stuff, but, like, so, if I tell you guys, like, a problem, I'm going to try and tell it from, like, an unbiased viewpoint, but obviously there's going to be, like, some For sure. biasness mm-hmm. in it. Like, it's just natural. But we'll be able to see it in ways that you won't be able to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just based off our different experiences. I don't know. I told her that even if she doesn't want my advice, she might need it. <laughs> so, sometimes I'm still going to give want, her my advice. Oh, sorry. Sometimes <laughs> what you need isn't always what you want. 
Yeah. I would say a lot of times that's the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not always. It depends on the person. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you you need a little kick in the ass from someone to be like, dude, get your shit together. Yeah, and sometimes you just need that person to, like, call you out and hold you accountable. Be out of pocket. <laughs> right. Like, come on, dude. Please let me know I'm being dumb as shit. Please tell me. Okay, cool. Right? It's just, like, everyone is so afraid of, like, hurting each other's feelings. Bro. Or it's like, I'm not going to say that, or I'm not going to text him for three hours because he didn't text me for three <laughs> hours. That's that petty shit. No that's way. Funny. That's funny. I think that that's definitely something you see a lot, especially nowadays, but I think that that's why it's so much more impactful when you do see someone just go out there and be, like, extremely genuine or, yeah. you know, show themselves to people in a way that most people don't normally show themselves to others. Or it's, like, even, like, the concept of, like, being the bigger person and, like, just, like, treating people how you want to be treated. It's, like, sure. you didn't like that when you got ignored for three hours or you don't know if it was, like, ignored or, like, busy, whatever. Like, through text message. Like, yeah, like, my dad will think I'm ignoring him because he called me, like, at the beginning of a podcast. And it's like, no, I was just recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, there's, like, a million and one reasons, like, why you couldn't pick up the phone. Right. Yeah. I guess that's something that we've gotten used to, though, is everyone just being able to always be contacted. That's one of the things that must have been so nice before technology. Because, like, everybody knew. They were like, if I want to talk to so-and-so who lives 40 miles away, I either got to send them a letter or I got to walk over there. And it's like, you kind of had to put, like, a lot of trust in people. Like, if you're like, hey, like, I'm going to meet you at 5 at the movies, right? Right. Exactly. Like, that is some trust building right Like, you there. had to say, you, like, you had to actually mean it. You couldn't just be like, oh, we'll figure it out later. Had to go on that follow through. You can't exactly. just cancel 10 minutes before. No. Exactly. I think it, it was a world, and I think it made people different. And I think people are becoming different now as a result of technology and the things that we've come to expect from each other. You know, because it's true. Like, you can just text someone and you like... I know you're looking at your phone, bitch. <laughs> like, right? get back to me. Like, you go on Instagram, you see that they're active. You go on, like, whatever. And it's just like, why would Instagram do this to us? I turn that on. I think, no, no, I think mine's on. Never mind. There's an option. Yeah, you can turn it off. But if what happens, if you turn, so uh, I do think this is smart. I think if you turn off, like, whether or not people can see if you're active, you can no longer see if oh, other people are. I think that's, like, how it is on Twitter for the reads. Yeah. Wow. I... Wow. People are petty, man. Dude, I'm sorry if I didn't respond in 0.5 seconds and it took me two minutes. Right. Get over it. <laughs> like, sometimes I just, like, don't see texts on my phone. Or, like, sometimes I am that person where I'm like, why are they not replying to me? Right. I'm like, I want an answer and I want it now. <laughs> How do you think the world would be different if we had this technology, but we still had the mindset that people had in, like, the 80s or the 70s? Like, what type of mindset? Like, like the mindset of, like, oh, I can't just reach out to someone instantly. Or I'm, you know, like, when I see someone, like, I might not see them again for a while. Mm, like, you if know? you have, like, you know, like, extra charges on, like, long-distance text, per se. <laughs> like, if you literally couldn't just talk to people. Like, you had to be with so them. So, we had, like, all this technology. Yeah. But we don't have, like, the, I don't even know, like. Like, you, we don't just, like, trust each other to just be like, okay, 
won't I'll meet you here at five. Like we gotta text them and be like, Are you still coming? Honestly, or I'm here or like I think we'd probably be like a lot better off if we all just like trusted each other a little bit more mm-hmm. and if people like stuck to their word i think it just boils down to being like an effective communicator what do you think about sharing your location with friends or a significant other so i mean the government is tracking me anyways <laughs> but we all know that i'm not getting any help unless i'm like super duper rich but For sure. um Honestly, like, I'm fine with it. Um, yeah. That's the only part where, I, like, I'm a little petty, where it's, like, I don't want to share my location with you if you don't share your location with me. Because mm-hmm. then I'm trusting you. So why can't you trust me? Mm, or something, like, that. as valuable as my location. See, for me, it's always been kind of the opposite. It's like, bro, take my word. If Sam would be here then. Just, I don't share my location with people. My parents have my location because mm-hmm. they're my parents, and I yeah. don't really have a say in that. I've never shared my location with my friends. My girlfriend thinks it's weird. I, I think like... it's so. It's like, but I get, I do get the sentiment behind it. It's not a bad one, but for me, I knew this one girl who was like obsessed with sharing her location with her boyfriend. She was like, she he has to know where I am. He has to know. And there was oh. this one time me and her were hanging out, and she was like totally obsessing over it she was like i don't know i don't think we can like walk off campus because like he's gonna see and like then he's gonna call me and like i don't Is know she what in an home. abusive relationship that's what I, sounds like to me. i don't that, know you're explaining an abusive that's what relationship i told that's what i told her i was like why she's is afraid so... to go and do something off another person's reaction i was like why is it so important like i was i was like does he like not like it like when you do things on your own <laughs> And wow. she was like, "Like no, like we just have this understanding. Like this is how we do things." That's I'm like, abusive. "Understanding, uh, effusive, tomato, tomato, <laughs> potato, potato." Same shit. I was like, world. I told her, "I'm like, this seems weird. You think it seems weird that we're gonna like go hang out?" She like, "Let me leave my but phone like, in my room really quick." I know. I told her, "I'm like, look, if you don't want to hang out, because like you're worried about your boyfriend." getting weird about it like uh, we don't have to that's fine let's just go back <laughs> you Is know out what ended up happening oh we just ended up just hanging out you know like but we walked back to the campus because we were walking off campus and then she was like freaking out and i was like it's fine like we can do whatever you want wow so we just went back to the campus and then we hung out by the apartments for a little bit and we just hung out you know and yeah and that was it you know, nice. Yeah. I don't even know. Like, my friends and I don't really, like, check our location. Like, my one friend, Allie, will just check to see where I am to see, like, if I'm near her to see if we can hang uh, out. for sure. Because, like, before, that seems cool. like, yeah, I, can see I would that. just always be, like, in Sacramento at my ex-boyfriend's house. Or, like, uh, sometimes I would be in Elk Grove. I'm, like, a rarity at my own house. Yeah. And, like, she would just, like, see if she had, like, time to kill. And then she's like, hey, you, you look free. I see that you're here. I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's actually not bad. Yeah. Or, like, we just do it, like... It's like, when can I annoy like my a friend? Thing, like, <laughs> or, like, if someone's not replying, I'm like, are they dead or are they home and asleep? Right. Right. Like, or are they dead at their home? Oh, shit. That's dun, 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 dun. This is now a true crime podcast. <laughs> dead at their home, asleep. <laughs> <laughs> All three simultaneously. <laughs> is it possible? I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, but that's just how it goes sometimes. Wow. Yeah. What are you doing, bro? 
Well, now that you went on your phone, like, I want to go on my phone. <laughs> no, that's why I'm saying, like, just turn like it off. off. I was turning it off. Wow. <laughs> it's called the itch. The, the itch. itch. Well, my mom just now texted me back. The phone itch. That's hilarious. I saw my dad texting me. I was like, oh, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, whenever I get a text from it's funny. I usually don't respond to most people's texts like that. But whenever my mom texts me, I'm like, ooh. Whenever anybody texts me, like, if I'm busy or something or I'm just doing something, it's like... You're not getting texted back. This is how it works. <laughs> you know? Like you this morning, I hadn't texted you back for like a couple of hours at least. Mm-hmm. I saw your text. I was just doing things. I figured I didn't really care. I was like, well, you have the information you need. Mm-hmm. That's what's important, man. I told you I was getting out one or leaving my house at one. Exactly. I left my house at one And if you had just shown up without me knowing, then I would have just been like, oh. I didn't see your text. That's fine. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Do you think people take things too seriously? Generally speaking, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that there's just like, you know, a little bit more communication. If people just say what they're afraid to say, you can like oftentimes like get over it or at least like one person being like, I understand. Right. Like, I feel like that's fine. Like, some people, like, read too much into situations. Like, it's like, just ask for some clarity. Yeah. Or just go crazy. Right. I don't know. It seems like a lot of times it's difficult to joke around with people. Like, you can't just generally joke around with everyone. You need to get to know people a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Because, like, some people will go to your supervisor and tell them that you're, like, sexually harassing them and like other people will laugh at all your jokes Um, (laughs) i made a joke well so i I, so on the campaign that i was working for there was one guy who had my sense of humor a little fucked up not appropriate for everyone to say the least and he was saying how i'm not gonna go i won't tell the whole story now i don't want to expose anyone but he him and his friend did something really stupid on halloween they dressed up as something inappropriate and i thought it was hilarious and i told him my idea and this one girl just looked horrified when i said it and she was like oh, and i was like ah you do not get my sense of humor i am joking i do not actually think this is funny and then the other guy he was busting off and i was like oh shit oh like you oh, the, wow. you do think it's funny you can laugh at it like that's that's the, what it, it's like the actual funny. thing isn't funny it's the joke that's funny yeah it's it's, hmm. it's a joke it's joke it's a point <laughs> it's a yoke <laughs> yeah but <clears throat> that is one thing that's true though there's this one girl i work with though and she's like my favorite to work with because i can literally say anything just even just for the sake of being absolutely absurd and she like gets it because she does the same thing great yeah so she's a pleasure to work with because like we just like get each other you know yeah. i don't know um i actually have a question for you guys i guess perfect wow do you feel like you have to like actively express and show emotions when people are talking to you to let them know that you are listening i don't really think understanding about it. i don't actively think about it I don't but really like about it. i do like okay if i was having like a serious heart-to-heart with someone like all right, let's talk. Like, I don't, aside from that, not really. I'm like, yeah, like, I mean, 
I think it's just natural. Like I start nodding my head. I'm like, mm-hmm. I think I look for it a lot in other people because I'm like really good at reading people. So I pay, wow. like, just subconsciously, I pay attention to a lot of little things that other people might not like. Where are your eyes looking? and moving and how often are they moving and are they moving to the same place again and again and is that happening a lot what's the sign of discomfort yeah so i'm it's but this isn't like something i'm like actively thinking about it's kind of like my brain just does it for me in the background and then gives me the information you know (laughs) and it's like you can do whatever you want with this bro i just got it for you (laughs) 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 you know um but when it comes to me actually thinking about that myself i actually don't think about that at all and so that's something where it has like got me tripped up for the first time recently because like with my coworkers at work, they're looking really in- intensely like for that stuff and I'm, I'm not thinking about it at all. And so I'll be reading them and they're trying to read me and then they can't and then they get confused and I'm like, why are you confused? And they're like, I don't know if you're being serious or if you're kidding right now. And I'm like, oh, I thought I was, that was obvious. That's you know? funny. Because I just oh. I just said something like really absurd, like obviously I wasn't being serious, but like they don't know, Thank and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just gonna walk away. Now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that yeah, I get that. Yeah. Like I feel for me, like since I just have like a really monotone voice, it's hard for people to distinguish what I say if it's supposed to be a joke or not. Yeah. And I don't usually show a lot of facial expression unless. Like, I'm in a crowd where it's, like, I should probably turn on these social cues to right. show I'm listening. Like, I'm, like, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, I remember, like, um, my ex-boyfriend would always be, like, are you listening? Like, you don't even look like you're listening. And I was, like, no, like, I'm 100% listening. I can, like, say everything that you just said back to you. Mm-hmm. It's just I just don't show a lot of emotion on my face or, like, I don't, like, laugh super hard. Yeah. Even if I find something really funny sometimes. Like, I have hmm. to be in the mood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, for an extrovert, I feel like that's a very weird quality to have. That is. <laughs> very, yeah, because I... <laughs> that's such an introvert. Without a lot of, like, the facial expressions. Like, like typically... I did notice that. I was like... Yeah. As we're talking, and I'm like... She doesn't show a lot of, like, emotion. I was like... It's typically, you would expect an extrovert to be very dynamic. <laughs> right. Get really loud, get really yeah, quiet. It, yeah. And it's really weird, because I've been told I'm, like, super personable. So, I just don't hmm. get it. Hmm. Well, that's... That's interesting. I don't know. I think everyone has, like, different ways of expressing themselves and, and different, you know. Like, you can be extroverted, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be, like, up in everybody's face, you know? Yeah. That's that that's true. Right? Or it's like, I, I mean, I care what you guys are saying, even if my face doesn't show it. <laughs> the tone of my voice doesn't show it. Right. Or, like, sometimes I'll, like, say things like, that I genuinely mean, but they'll sound sarcastic. So I have to say after, like, I'm not being sarcastic. Right. And I'm like, I'm so sorry for you. There are very like, few. I, no, I mean it. Yeah. No, for sure. Like, there are very few people that will trip me up like that. But there are, and it's only girls too. I don't <laughs> know. Hilarious. I don't know. I don't know why. But there's only been like two or three of them ever too. But there's like two or three girls that I know or have known. And they're, like, the only people I've ever met in my life where I legitimately did not understand, like, what they were saying. Like, like I would hear words come out of their mouth sometime, and I wouldn't understand what they meant. I'd be like, wow. are, are you kidding? Are you pulling my leg? Are you being serious? How am I supposed to talk to you right now? <laughs> you know? Damn. 
Yeah, no, like, I feel that way. Like, even though I know that there are people that don't show a lot of facial expression, like myself, like, I still look for it in other people mm-hmm. to know that they're listening. Got it. But I think, and I'm like, wow, that is so hypocritical of me. <laughs> I'm right. like, stop that. I think it's normal, though, right? I mean, you kind of look for those cues of, like, is this person yeah. bored? But you're not too, like, worried about it yourself. Well, I think I'm no. just so used to people, like, not listening when I talk that I'm like, I think there's a lot Damn. of people who don't actually look for those cues of mirror. You know what I think so. I think I think there are plenty of people who just they kind of don't see it. You know, like you'll be some talking to don't them get social cues. and it doesn't feel like there's a real person there. Like, do you ever talk to someone like that where you're talking to yeah. them but it feels like they're not there and they'll like they'll be listening to you and everything and they'll like have a conversation with you, but it doesn't feel like you're having a talk with like a real person. It's just like a shell of a person yeah. or like an idea of a person standing in front of you. It's like Who a are you talking about? You know, <sighs> like, um, side note, tell me later. Right, I'm like, who are you talking about? Because I know you're basing this on someone, but I don't know. I don't know. You could probably find a good amount of these people at any Christian church, to be honest with you. <laughs> ah, okay. Never mind. I know who you are. I yeah, mean, it's, not, it's not just that, though. I mean, that's just been my experience because, like, I'm Christian or Catholic. I'm both. I don't Christian know. Or Catholic. It doesn't really matter to me. Like, I know the difference. My mom's Catholic. My dad's Christian. I've known lots of both kinds of people. And I just, usually when I find those people, they're in those communities. That's funny. So that's yeah. just what I associated with. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I mean, a lot of times that happens with, like, people who hold, like, really extreme beliefs, too. Mm. Yeah, because I find usually if you hold an extreme belief, it's either because you really know what you're talking about, or you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think so. <clears throat> because if you're, like, anyone who's not, like, seriously invested in something isn't usually going to hold, like, a really extreme belief about it, I feel like. You know? Yeah. So they would either have to know nothing about it or they'd have to know everything about it in order to, like, (laughs) hold an extreme belief. in between? Yeah, I mean, it's an extreme. (laughs) No, extreme! (laughs) Extremes. Extremes have extremes. What's up? Huh? Extremes have extremes. Fuck yeah, dude. Exactly. Wow. You good? Where are you going? Okay. That's okay. Extremes have extremes. The extreme man stood up to get an extreme water bottle. Extreme. I don't know why I always think of like that. Or I just sort of think of that. It was that random show on Disney. That dared. Anyways, I'm done. <laughs> well, that's okay. Did you know we were going to have dinner when you came? No. No? It was just a surprise? Yeah. Were you going to eat after? I honestly wasn't building it into my schedule. I had had some, like, nachos and Doritos that I got at the Mexican store, so they were, like, the good ones. Oh, my God, yo. And I was like, damn, I was like, these are good. And I had some uh, chicken pad thai for lunch. That chicken pad thai? Yeah. What is that? It's like a, it's like a thai noodle dish. Thai like. noodles. Pad thai? I know what you're talking yeah. about. I've never had that. It have you ever had thai delicious. food? delicious. I've had Thai food. I had Thai food once because this one girl I went out with, she worked at a Thai place, but that was it. Yeah, Thai like, food's pretty good. I always get Pad Thai when like I go out with other people because I'm so used to like ordering family style with my family Yeah. and getting everything that I need a dish that satisfies all my needs. It's like <laughs> one dish because I'm like, 
these people are not about to order family style. They're going to be nitpicky. They're going to count right. everything. Right. I was like, I can't do this. Like, I've gone out with so many people that don't order Chinese food family style. And I'm like, what? I'm hmm. like, I have to order one thing and it's not a lunch no, menu? No, you can never, you can <laughs> never just get one thing. Like, if you're at a Chinese restaurant and you're just going to get, like, the one thing for yourself, like, yeah. just don't. It's like, how, how yeah. am I supposed to just eat, like, beef and broccoli? Yeah. Right. Like, how am I supposed to eat steamed rice with it? I'm here <laughs> for the fried rice. I can have steamed rice at home. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's funny. I don't really care for fried rice. I always get, like, barbecue pork fried rice. Get out of our mm. court, sir. You like fried rice? <laughs> I fucking or love like fried rice. Oh. Chow fun. Mm. Yeah. Chow fun. Yes. Ugh. Oh I mean, it's just like, yo, I'm Asian, but like, not that kind of Asian. <laughs> Different Asian. South Asian. Different Asian. I'm Indian Asian. <laughs> Which is another funny thing, right? Because hmm. Indians are Asian. Yeah, oh, South yeah. Asian. Um, Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, technically I'm half Asian. Why are there so many people on that side of the world? Bro, I don't know. There's a billion people in China and a billion people in India. Yeah. Uh, wow. Actually, part of it, I honestly think, is... um. They don't have preventative measures, or they don't know about it. And there's just, I don't know, maybe it's cultural. I know in... Uh, What's that for sure, cultural? Well, well, for sure. But, well, I know in China and in India, um, males are more valued than girls. Yeah. Isn't so, China, like, running out of, like, girls for their males Yeah, they are. Now? So, what happened... <laughs> I hear Alex explain. It's because what happened was... It's like in a lot of Asian cultures, it's weird. It's like valued more to have a son than it is to have a daughter. And so, yeah, it's weird. So, like in but India. Don't people have to like pay you to marry your daughter? Yeah, but don't weird. women like, also we'll like. Money off of daughters, don't so women often. also make people? So yes. Would so, they on, be just, more valued? Just watch, just listen. <laughs> so, they. But because it's like they take care home. of. Because they take care of like the. I don't know, it's weird. Anyways. So, if someone has a daughter, they're going to. They're gonna, try again and then they're gonna keep trying and i know in china what happened was they had their overpopulation and so they said okay there's the one child rule and they did some fucked up shit to enforce it um did they kill children uh well i know like if someone had twins they'd either have to hide it or kill one or give it away yeah i had a co-worker from china and she knew these two siblings that were twins and they just denied the fact that they were twins for the better half of their life it's crazy yeah yeah no they but what happens is so the reason that there's more males than there are girls is because each time that they'd have a girl or they find out if they knew that they were going to have a girl, abort it. If they knew that they, but if they had one and they didn't know beforehand and they had one, just got rid of it. Get rid of it. Sell her. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah. So God, that's why China's literally, damn, yeah, yo. they're literally running out of women for, they're dumb as fuck. Your society should always have more women than men. Because yeah. what happens is if the men don't have enough women, then they all start killing each other and they'll fucking kill everybody. And then everything is fucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, the natural tendencies of men. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's kind of true. It's a thing. Yeah. I wonder why that is. Well, probably testosterone, but I was going to say, what makes men more too too violent? Too Not much enough energy. people running. <laughs> start running, start know. exercising. That is one thing. The other thing I find really interesting, I was talking about this with a, with another girl one time. Um, of course. Girls. Right. <laughs> I, yeah, you were, ta- you were saying you like to get perspectives outside of your own. I like to get perspectives outside of my own, too. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Just, right. That's how we'll justify it, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I just have it with dudes all the time, then it'd be like... For sure, man. 
That'd be weird. I mean, you guys would just start killing each other. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Josh. Better watch out. Like, there can only be one house now. There can only be one. I could not do this by myself. I wouldn't even try. I don't know. I, I think I maybe could sometimes. Every once in a while. Yeah, but, like, I don't think I'd want to if I could. Yeah, I, like, avoided it, like, as yeah. much as I can. Like, imagine just talking on this, like, whole podcast, like, by yourself, without anyone to, like, no. rebuttal with. You know how much dead air there would have been if it was just <laughs> you and I, if it was just, like, no. Oh, if it was just the two of us, it'd be fine. But if it was just one person, that'd be weird. Yeah. Like, just one person yeah. just talking. <laughs> That's what's weird. That's like an audiobook. Yeah. Right. But, like, you're just speaking your mind. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, welcome to my world. I listened to a podcast exactly. like that, and I was like, how is he still talking? 30 no, minutes she talks. But what she said was, uh, she told me that so many of the boys that she's been with have mommy issues. What like, the they didn't get enough fuck? love from their mother. And Is she looking to fix someone? Well, no, 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 no. But, like, right. her point was that, like, so many guys develop mommy issues so easily. And at first, I was like, I don't think so many guys have mommy issues. <laughs> <laughs> I think like, that's fine, mom. I was well. I was just like, I think that's just based on your experience. Maybe, maybe you're just with a lot of guys who have mommy. <laughs> you know, you're like, what? What kind of statistics are you pulling on this? Well, the, but then I started like this is a Gallup poll. I started thinking about it, and I started thinking about how like so many of the things that guys like that they get from their girlfriends, like besides sex or friendship or whatever plus you have like the oedipus wreck complex just but no but like just this like general feeling of like okay somebody cares about me somebody loves me like that kind of stuff that you normally associate with coming from like a mother kind of figure or even just like a more feminine figure you mm-hmm. know or more feminine parent they're looking for that from women in their relationships also and i was like Oh my god, maybe she's right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, shit. Do you think people date their parents? Like, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm, I'm just asking. Everyone, what is it? Everyone marries their father and everyone marries their mother. No, I don't think so. Nah. No. I, I, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> What was that called? What was that psychologist that uh, the Sigmund Freud? Sigmund Freud, him. Sigmund Freud. He's like everyone wants to uh, kill their fathers and screw their mothers, and I'm like, I don't think so. I think that's just uh, you, bud. Uh, the Oedipus complex. Yeah. That's what it's called. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's yeah. that might be a thing for some people, but I don't think. For him, I think it for sure was, and he was trying to justify it. <laughs> I don't think that's he's like, like hey, I'm he's a psychologist. Like, Let me see if I can get everyone on board with this crazy idea. His, I can justify his idea of like the mind and like the different parts of the mind was pretty good though, like the id, the ego, and the what was it? Just the third part. Um, the yeah. only thing I've ever heard from him is the Oedipus complex. I don't know. I didn't take AP Psych. I just took psychology and a minor in psychology. So uh, that's all it is. Is dope. Wow. Well, I mean, so I like impressive. it. <laughs> 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 I'm like, I like it. You know, it's alright for me, I guess. I'm going to take a psych class this week. Definitely not taking a psych class. <laughs> I don't have enough time. No, you don't. You're finished. Yeah. It's your last semester. Yeah. Look at you. How many classes are you taking next semester? Uh, five. Nice. Five. Oh, but so one's like a lab, so it's like one unit. Yeah. yeah. So 
That's cool. Like four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. I know labs are usually, they're usually just added on to like classes, aren't they? Kind of. Kind of. It's kind of. Well, at Sac State, um, you can like take the lab at the same time as the class or you can take it after the class. That's what I did. So like, there's only like some classes, like the really hard, like bio stuff. It's like all combined. It's like a five unit classes. You have like lecture, you have the little other part, and you have lab. Yeah. So it's like you like basically signed up for like three different slots in your schedule. Mm. For me, so I took anthropology in the fall of last year, but I took the lab for it this past summer. I got you. So. Yeah, I'm taking anthropology lab. I liked it. Are you also taking the regular anthro lecture, or did you already um, take that? I already took that. I took it online at okay. Sac City, because I refused oh, really? to take it in person. That's funny. Because <laughs> I'm terrible at science. <laughs> this is my live confession. Funny. Me too. I got a 70% in the class. I ended up getting a B, but the first time I took it was actually over summer two years ago now. Yeah, not a good idea. Yeah. I wasn't getting, like, a B, so I decided to not do the last assignments and get a D, so I could for sure retake it. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, because if you get to see, they won't let you. I had, um, in the lab, I managed to get a B in there, and I hadn't done anything with anthropology in, like, five months, but I was able to figure it out because I still had, like, some of that basic understanding. Oh, God. The lab isn't hard. I think the lab was uh, a bit easier. But we had to memorize all the bones in the human body. Oh, it's actually not that hard. It's actually not that hard. Most of them, like, the names aren't that different. It was, I don't remember. If, I know, like, the, the bones in your hands are called, like, the phalanges. It's really weird. The phalanges. I swear to God. Phalanges. I, yeah, I said days. It was weird. Anyways. There's a lot of bones in the human body, dude. We didn't memorize, like, every, every bone, but, like, we memorized most. Like, we knew all the parts of the skull. And then when you like all the parts, there's this one girl I know who works at a morgue. Of course, a girl. Another one. Another one. one. Well, you know, my college is like 70% women. Oh, really? Wow. So it's kind of, yeah, and I mostly work with women. Like, I think there are four other male employees. Hmm. And then there's like, I don't know, like the rest of them are all women. (laughs) So Hmm. it's kind of hard not to know. Pretty much mostly women at my college, be just because everyone is woman, is or is a woman. But <clears throat> I don't even remember what I was. Oh, she works at a morgue. She knows like all the names of all the bones. Wow. Yeah. That's gnarly. That's a cool job. I hear that one very often. Nah, nah, <laughs> that seems so weird. You're like working with dead bodies all day. I mean, I feel like you become desensitized. I, I couldn't. Yeah. I I, uh, I couldn't do it. I don't know, like, the only reason I would ever get into, like, science stuff is just to, like, fully appreciate the dead body farm at University of Tennessee. What? Yeah, they have, like, a dead body farm where they, like, just have, like, a bunch of dead bodies at different stages of decomposition that they analyze. So people can look at it to yeah. know how long they've been decomposing? Basically, and I think, like, they've all died from, like, different things, so, like, you can fully analyze it. It seems like a good place to learn, but not... So great to hang out there. Yeah, it seems very haunted. <laughs> oh, yeah, it seems, that seems like the creepiest thing. You're looking at what used to be a person, and now yeah. it's not. Okay, That's real question. That. Cremated or buried or donate body to science? Cremated, but that's because it's cultural, <laughs> to be honest. 
I don't know. I feel like I will want to be cremated. I've been saying that for a really long time. I'm really trying to think about it, but I think at the end of the day, probably he's funny. He knows that I he saw me noticing that he was tapping his feet. Um, but I don't know. I think I would have to go with cremation just because donate body of science. That just seems so weird. Like, I don't know what you can be doing. <laughs> yeah. You body. couldn't at the University of Tennessee body farm. I'd rather not. Oh, that just I seems mean. so weird. You got to cremate me. I'd yeah. have people like examining my body. <laughs> yeah. Just cremate me. Yeah. You. Definitely cremated because I'm an organ donor. So. Really? They can just take all those bitches out. <laughs> I don't need them. That's true. I definitely want to be. Maybe like cremated and like. There was like a problem like though. A rose bush. Yeah. There was like problem with doctors uh, checking to see if their patients were organ donors, and then that influencing. Uh, with their ability to actually keep their patient from dying. I think I heard about that. Because I'm they, like a little uh, afraid. They're starting to, they were starting to, um, they wouldn't try as hard to save people if they were organ donors because they knew that yeah. if they died, it'd, that they would just donate the organs, it would go to help someone else. So they were That's like, kind of like why is like one life yeah. value more than the other? They were like, ah, this one person's organs could save like five other people. <laughs> we'll just let them die. Yeah. I'm not an organ donor. <laughs> I'm not an organ donor. I don't think I'm going to be an organ donor. I'm not because I don't even know if I could because of my heart condition. And right. that's how I justify oh. not being one. Oh, my justification yeah. is that if I ever do end up in a life or death situation, I don't want it to come down to the doctor having to decide whether or not my organs mm-hmm. should be donated. I guess it would depend on like the quality of life I'm able to live if I like survive. That's true. Like, how okay would I be with this? Or, like, I always joke around and I say I want to be, like, cremated and my ashes put in, like, a coffee tin from, like, Trader Joe's, like, in due date, and then someone accidentally drinks me. Uh. Uh. <laughs> like, I don't know. It would just be so funny. Oh just to God. fuck with people even when you're dead. Yeah. I fuck with you. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's gnarly. Yeah, like, I thought that was hilarious. And I was like, I love coffee. <laughs> I love coffee, too. Like That's true. It's great. You have this. Coffee my parents this morning were looking at your mushroom coffee thing. And they're like, "Why the fuck does he have mushroom coffee? What is up with him?" Because it's good for and you. I was like, I "And don't your brain." Mushroom know. coffee, like yeah, there are mushrooms in this coffee. Well, lion's mane and chaga. Lion's mane enhances your cognitive function, and chaga supports your immune system. Interesting. Interesting. I'm hearing you. <laughs> Definitely Google this. <laughs> yeah, Paul Stamets. Um, he's a mycologist. You should look him up. He's done a lot of research on a lot of mushrooms. And right now, I think one that he's looking at a lot. Well, honestly, he kind of looks at. Never mind. Just do research on him. He he looks at a lot of mushrooms. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to him talk on one podcast for for, for like for like three hours, and after that, I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense, actually." Hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's not. Yeah. So now I'm. Yeah. Now I pretty much eat a lot of mushrooms. I hate mushrooms. I used to hate mushrooms. I don't like portobello mushrooms. Those seem to be very popular. I don't know why. I don't understand. I think people say that they have like a close consistency to like meat or like taste when barbecue. They don't. I'm gonna say no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not sure. I'm gonna trust a vegan's advice on what uh, barbecue should taste like. (laughs) Yeah, no. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. 
Sorry about that. I'm gonna be honest. That's gonna be a no for me. <laughs> Let's have this awkward pause again where we all drink water. Oh, is that what we're gonna do? What are we doing? We're gonna go ahead and all drink water. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> so crazy. How is it working at the Capitol? Uh it was like nothing that I have ever done and will probably like I don't want to say ever do again because like you know obviously I can go back. But like no other workplace in the world. Like there's just like people always say it's like a high school. And I was like Okay, sure. But like honestly, like everywhere is like a high school. Like there's always gonna be those people. But like the capital kind of just like makes you self doubt yourself a little bit. And you're like Really? Does this person like me? Are they being fake cordial to me? Uh, or, like, are they actually going to, like, vouch for me when it comes time to it? It's, like, the political, like, weirdness. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, like, a really odd place. Like, the staffers that work in the building have, like, basically no, like, actual worker rights. So, it's, like, they don't... Oh, I did not know that. They don't have any yeah, rights? They, like... What? Workers' rights. Like, it's very, like, limited. Um, Assembly woman Lorena Gonzalez always pushes for, like, a unionization bill. Mm -hmm. Like, even though it always gets killed, it looks good. And basically, like, they have, like, really good health insurance, though, and, like, really good benefits to make up for it. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, let's say, like, you're like, I didn't take a lunch today. Like, that's, like, it happens a lot. Like, you don't take lunches, breaks. Um... You don't get paid overtime, time and a half. Oh, shit. So when you're so there what for like 12-hour days, like... What happens if you work over? Um, You get paid your normal salary. What? Yeah. Is that even legal? Because there's no yes. because they don't have the same workers' rights protections in the capital that everyone else does. <sighs> yeah. And, like, just recently, we got, like, new, like, intern mm-hmm. protections. Because before, like, interns could literally be placed there and it'd be like, you're like the errand bitch. Right. Like, go get coffee. You mean like, that's not what an intern is? Yeah. <laughs> now it's, like, a little different. Like, every time, like, I was asked to go get coffee, they were like, do you want coffee? And I was like, yeah. yes. And then they were like, perfect. I'll order your coffee and pay for it if you go grab my coffee, too. Because, <laughs> like, they couldn't just, like, place us there to do, like, nothing anymore. Right. Because they were like, okay, these people aren't even getting paid for the most mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of wild. Like, you kind of have, like, a high from being in the capital, like, because it's, like, no other place. Like, there's some people that leave the capital, and they're, like, I miss it so much. And there's some people that leave, and they're, like, thank God. They're, like, I'd never go back there. Yeah. 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 Like, it's kind of wild. And then, like, there's, like, you know, after work, like, functions. Like, there's mixers. There's different events. What's Um, a mixer? So, mixers are, like, just these, like, little social gatherings, basically, at a restaurant, usually held by some, like, third house or, like, lobbying group or... Mm-hmm. Why are they like, called, like, mixers? Because you mix with people. Oh. <laughs> I think. I don't know. See, that's my, for us, my guess. That's, that's a mixer. That's a mixer. That's a mixer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mixes Keep audio signals. <laughs> mixes audio signals together. Wow. Yeah. Um, no, and, like, it's actually, like pretty interesting because like you can't go to too many of them and like they have like food that you can eat for free mm-hmm, and, right. like most times alcohol 
for free. Right. But you have to, like, report it. Like, you have to, like, sign in at the table, check yes if you're eating food, check yes if you're drinking alcohol. So they can send you a bill, and these are air quotes around bill, because you have a certain amount of basically reportable things that you can get as a gift. Mm. So the, like, political world and outside world can keep track of it and make sure that you aren't corrupt and that you aren't being bought off. Mm, but, yeah, the food and wine. Yes. However, interns are non-reportable if they are not paid because we have no influence. <laughs> so being an intern, that's like the one perk. Like you just go to as many of these events as you want. And there's like briefings during the day, which is basically just like, think of like a glorified class that you drop in on mm-hmm. if you want to learn more about a topic and get free sandwiches. Mm. Yes. Yeah, like it, it's like it. It's like a hot spot for interns. Like, I was like, you want to go? I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> Amir, why don't you learn go about intern these, at like, the Capitol so I can get you free food? Mm-hmm. Let's, eat Let's free go food. learn about jump bikes and their dangers. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I was like, I'm about to get this sandwich on. And, like, they would have, like, little drinks, mm-hmm. cookies, chips. That's perfect. It was pretty good. It's great. Fuck you. Yeah. But, I mean... Overall, you just meet, like, a really wide mix of people at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. Really? Like, people that are working inside the building and people that are, like, outside the building, like, come in for meetings. Like, you interact Mm -hmm. with so many different people. You mean, like, people who, like, come from other places in the city or? Um, really, like, anywhere. Like, lobbyists going to the Capitol. Yeah, like right. lobbyists, different companies. Um, what do lobbyists do with cat? What? Because see, I don't actually. You know, know where lobbyists got their name lobbyists from? No, they wait in the lobby. Yeah, they bother people they, in the lobby. Pretty much, they'd wait in the lobby, and then yeah. when they saw the politician that they wanted to talk to walking by, hey, they cast their attention, and right. that's where the name lobbyists. What from. exactly goes on at the Capitol, though? Like, what are they brewing in there? What are they brewing? Like, what's going on? Uh, legislation because like legit every time i've ever gone to the capitol it's like everybody's just chilling like nothing is happening Did you just go when session wasn't in i don't know i've been at least a few times for the past like few years and like it just seems like nothing's ever happening you might have gone when session wasn't yeah in. or yeah. like also like a lot of times just because like there is like the old side and the new side and the offices are like majority on the new side on the upper floors like mm-hmm. when people visit they aren't typically walking around to like the unhistorical side mm, i didn't know there was an unhistorical yeah side. see a lot of people don't know that i didn't know that until i was at the Capitol, and i was like i was like what's the annex i was like what's the old side so right. the old side is like the og capital that was like originally built and that has like three floors four floors something like that mm-hmm. and the new side is the annex, and I think it was added in, like, the 50s or something. So, everything is, like, super outdated. So, that's why they're trying to, like, remodel the whole capital. I got you. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, it, oh, my gosh. So, I was interning on the fifth floor, and I would take the stairs. But since I just said that there's a fifth floor, and obviously the old side has, like, three or four floors, I'm forgetting. Um, <laughs> something like that. I get confused because there's a basement. <laughs> right. Yeah, is that a floor? Is that a floor? Is that like separate thing? Like, that's let's just, just deal with three. Below the floor. Yeah. But there are six floors on the annex, which is the new side. Right. So you're like, how does this match up? 
basically there's a long stretch in the staircase on the annex and the staircases are very large on the old side right and i would get super winded going to the fifth floor <laughs> and i was like why do i do this to myself because i'd be fine by the third floor i'm like this is really nice by the fourth floor i'm like oh <laughs> i'm out of breath now <laughs> and then you get to the fifth floor i'm like Heavy breathing. <laughs> nice. That's funny. Yeah. But um, mostly people are just like busy in their offices or like running around or like doing research or taking meetings or mm-hmm. like, yeah. That's basically it. Like the t- t- other doing cool research, thing about meetings, so. um, being in the Capitol is like when you have the little staff badge mm-hmm. and there's a long line to get through security. You can hold up your badge. And they just let you go through. Thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. This man can't talk over here. But thank you guys so much for listening. We love the fuck out of you. If you enjoyed listening to this episode of the podcast, remember that you can always donate to the podcast on the Cash App. Our cash tag is Josh and Amir Podcast, all in one word. And a great free way to support the podcast is to go ahead and if you're new to the Cash App, use our code RVWNQBS. Go ahead and enter that referral code. First five dollars you send sends us five dollars, sends it back to you. Great for way to support. Super stoked on this conversation. As always, we'll see you next time. All life with Josh and me.